we please get the hell out of here? This place gives me the creeps. Why is Tommy coming to me? Hello, may I help you? You can sure as hell try. Hi, I'm Abe Froman. Party of three for 12. Is there a problem? You're Abe Froman. That's right. I'm Abe Froman. The sausage king of Chicago. Yeah, that's me. Listen, young man. Entrepreneur, I'm very busy here. Why don't you take the kids and go back to the clubhouse? Are you suggesting that I'm not who I say I am? I'm suggesting that you leave before I have to get snooty. Snooty? Snotty. Snotty. Okay, Abe. Let's go. No, I'm not going anywhere. No. We like to be seated. Listen, young man, either you take the field trip outside or I'm going to have to call the police. The police? You're going to call the police on me? Yes. Fine. As a matter of fact, I'll call them myself. <laughs> yes. Call the police. This will be a hoot. Give me the phone. I have another call. Huh. I've had enough of this horsing around. Give me the phone back. You touch me, I yell rat. There's another phone around here somewhere. Find it. Wonderful. I weep for the future. Okay, Ferris, can we just let it go, please? Ferris, please. Don't touch me far. You get busted. A, you can never go too far. B, if I'm going to get busted, it is not going to be by a guy like that. No reason to say it. Just throwing it out. Throwing it out because I got this arrested development article in front of me. Oh, yeah. Is it about what I think it's about? Yes. I don't know. What do you think it's about? Is it about the movie? Perhaps. Oh. Uh, it's just speculative. It's not factual. Uh, anyway, why, hello. It's, uh, let's see, uh, four minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 in this, the month of February. You know it's leap year? It is leap year. Uh, I think this Friday is leap day. Sure is. And I do believe, I hope I can announce this, I think that this Friday, I think we have, uh, I wonder if I can say this yet, we have movie, it's not, the, it's not like the biggest thing in the history of the world, but it's pretty cool. I do believe we have, uh, we have film passes, and I think we're going to be giving away film passes this Friday to every fourth caller. Have fun with that, Richie. So I do believe this Friday, read Not Today. Uh, but I think this Friday we're going to be giving away film passes to every fourth caller. And I believe they are passes to that uh, movie 10,000 B.C., uh, which opens next week. Yes? Are you sure they're not for witless protection? No. No, I've got some other stuff here for witless protection, starring, end quote, Larry the Cable Guy. Uh, we'll talk about all that here in a second. It's 503 733 2970, you want you should be part of the program today. It's uh, 50. I gotta quit watching American Buffalo so often. It's 503 733 2970. 503 
733-2970 with your comments, your questions, your clarifications, your conventions, uh, your two cents, uh, your what have you. We, of course, as always, are here in the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970. We are in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is uh, Tuesday, and uh, welcome to Day 12. Thank you for coming by. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane. Maybe you found his wallet in your toilet. I don't know. It's 503 <laughs> 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It is rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. Um... Here's what's coming up today, and I was running a little bit behind today. Even though that, that re- the thing about that recap hour is, you know, it's, it's sort of flexible. It's not always a solid hour. So sometimes it ends a little early, sometimes it's a little late. So I actually had three more minutes to prepare today than I normally would, and I'm still unprepared. Um, so I'm just going to sort of muddle my way through these next few moments. Uh, coming up later on today, we have uh, CNN Radio correspondent uh, Lisa Desjardins, who will join us today, uh, because I do believe that tonight, tonight is the final debate. Uh, between uh, uh, Senators Clinton and Obama before the uh, Ohio and Texas primary. It's all very exciting. So that's tonight. Uh, and then uh, next Tuesday, of course, is the primary. So we'll talk more about that as the week goes on. But tonight's the debate, so we'll talk to Lisa about that. Uh, we'll also give her overdue kudos for using a boxing analogy yesterday uh, to describe the Hillary uh, Barack debate from last time. By the way, I would like to give props to Drudge for his simultaneous. Really, it is only Matt Drudge could do something like this where he is sort of simultaneously stoking the fears of ignorant uh, the, the, you know, the nitwits everywhere by running that picture of Barack Obama in like the, whatever, like the Indian house dress or whatever. He's got it like in a hundred different pages. He's a terrorist in the making. <laughs> He's, Drudge has got that thing all over. I mean, it's everywhere. It doesn't. It's like it's 70 different spots on his front page. Yet at the same time, he's taken that opportunity just to put the boot in on Hillary Clinton every every time he can. Matt Drudge really is, he truly is a man for all seasons. God bless you, Matt Drudge. He is the new William Randolph Hearst. He, that really is true. Mm-hmm. He is the yellow journalist of the 21st century. He does He does have kind of that gold standard. All he needs is a mistress. <laughs> ah, no, I'm not going to do it. Uh, in any event, uh, what else is coming up today? We have, I didn't know until just moments ago, Tim told me that I had this whole uh, stack of watches to get to today. And we have... Now, just the ones that I pulled in the last few minutes, we have a Britney watch, we have a Darwin watch, we have a, a clergy watch, there's a penis watch we never got to. Uh, and I handed them all to Tim and I said, hey, it's got to be, you know, we have limited counter space here just because we have so much crap we bring in here with us every day. And I said, you know, here's this whole pile of watches for today's show. Do, do you want them over there or do you want I should keep them over here for a while? And Tim goes, no, 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 I'll put them in the watch corner. And I never knew there was a watch corner. So there's a whole uh, separate area of your counter that you reserve simply to keep the watches in every day. And for nothing else. Let me ask you this, because I'm fascinated by other people's OCD habits. And so we talk about these things every now and again. And maybe OCD is the wrong way to put it. But, I mean, do you have... Now, uh, over there in your work area in the studio, do you have, like, a place for everything and everything in its place? Does your coffee cup go in the same place every day? Yes. Does... Okay, the watches go in the same place every day? Yes. The uh, the headlines, uh, which you will read here in just a moment, do they go in the same place every single day? Yes. Is it the same in your new studio in there? Is no. Everything's sort of set in exactly the same place. There's from a day? limited room there. 
I choose things in there. I separate in the KUFO common room. But see, then them in here. So it's not so much then an allocation physically, but you do have a ritual that you follow. Mm -hmm. You have a morning ritual. Now let me ask you this. Now when you come in. Uh, is there? Do you do other things in a particular order? In other words, do you do maybe one cup of coffee, then the news gathering, then the printing, then a second cup of coffee? I don't deserve a cup of coffee till I have everything in here. That's your reward? That's the carrot and the stick? Yes. Excellent. See, I'd like to know that I'm not alone in having these weird... <laughs> no coffee is served before the work is... No. Coffee, is one, coffee is one's dessert. Correct. Coffee is one's great reward for having, uh, for having labored. One must be self-motivated being CBS News here in Portland. That is true. Oh, did you see that TMZ thing of Les Moonves? Which one? She's coming out of some restaurant with Julie Chen and uh, his wife, and, uh, and somebody comes up and... I, I shouldn't I shouldn't paraphrase because I haven't even really seen it, but apparently the con the, the, the description below the video made it seem as though someone came up and tried to speak to him, and apparently he gave a gave a mighty snub. That's apparently that's what TMZ sort of said. I haven't watched it yet though. Anyway, uh, so anyway, Lisa Desjardins coming up today. Uh, Penis watch, clergy watch, Britney watch. Uh, I got a little Arrested Development thing. Uh, let's see, a little bit of interview news. There's another interview we're going to try to secure. Uh, let's see what else. Today, without fail, we'll play that Paul Anka thing, because it's hilarious. <clears throat> we will uh, resolve the issue of what celebrity uh, does Lisa Desjardins most sound like. Um, oh, and uh, you'll never guess what arrived yesterday. It's the latest installment of what? What arrived yesterday at the building? The latest, in the latest installment. Here's a hint. It's useless. We get lots of stuff like I that. I know. That's the only stuff we get. All right. Useless. Wait, I'll make it easier. Something arrived yesterday that is A, useless, and B, that we are inadvertently passively paying for. Another copy of... Uh... Yes. Yes, it's the new issue of Watch Magazine Watch from CBS. Magazine. Uh, featuring, I swear to Christ, like a four-page article on Gomer Pyle. So I had already forgotten about that. <laughs> yes. You know what? They gave us thousands of copies of the first issue. Are they all gone? No. No, they're not even a third gone. We got like, we. Uh, I would say we have probably 1,800 copies of the last issue. Yesterday, guy started, guy pulled up in a truck, took up, unloaded a pallet full of the new issue. They're now upstairs. If you try to get to the water cooler upstairs, your path is blocked by dozens of boxes of Watch Magazine Volume 2. And of course, we're not going to get to we're not going to get any of those given away before issue three arrives. So if you know when archaeologists from the future come here, they're going to find us buried underneath a pile of CBS Watch magazines. Because by the time they get to issue ten, it, I mean they're just going to I mean we'll all be crushed underneath their voluminous weight. Anyway, so we'll read a little bit of that today, so it's not like a total waste. Anywho, Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification. Uh, that pretty mayor of the small Oregon town known for her racy photos has been stripped of her job. The man, so to speak. Yes. A Vancouver woman takes Laura to own hands by holding a pistol and her pet Doberman on a wanted man hiding in her garage. A new commuter rail between Wilsonville and Beaverton gets a test run. So that's already. Uh, Starbucks will close for three hours today to, quote, re-energize their employees, unquote. A Hillsborough ATM machine is rigged to dispense cash like a slot machine. And a Texas woman is arrested for throwing egg salad at a Secret Service agent. Really? Meant for Barack Obama. Excellent. Wonderful. All right. Uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented uh, Sarah X. Dillon. Why, hello. How are hello. you? Hello. I'm doing well. I saw one of my favorite bands last night. The Mountain Goats. Yeah, and I met a, um, a really rad listener, and I think his name was Matt. 
I can't remember, he was like first in line for the mountain goats. It was so funny. I was walking up to get in line, and I saw him, and he's just like Sarah. And he said that he had heard me talking about it on the air, and he's like, oh, I hope to God that you know a lot of people because the line started at three o'clock. Right. Where was it at? At the Doug Fir. Right. And it, it was already sold out, but they're only selling a specific amount of tickets at the window when you got there. So, um, yeah, anyway, I made, you really made cool it in though. Last night. Made it in. It was really, really cool. Now, they're doing two nights here, right? Yeah, they're playing tonight as well. But, I mean, both of them sold out months ago. All right. So, well, yeah. okay, then. It was a great show. Was that the ex- And I went home and I watched Dexter. I was going to ask, was that the extent of your evening? Did you get any Dexter watched last night? Oh, I watched uh, two and a half episodes. No, yeah, two and a half episodes yesterday afternoon. And then I watched the second half of the third episode. So, you're already home. three hours into it. How are you feeling about it? Man, that is a brutal show. It's messed up, isn't it? It. Yeah, it makes you question yourself. I like yourself. it a lot, a lot. It does make me question myself. I'm kind of like, am I identifying with the serial killer? Yeah, you sort of, that's the thing. You're sort of watching and going, what kind of person am I? Seriously. Especially because I think today, maybe we, I don't know if it was in the recap or not, because Richie Bristol does most of that, but there was that whole moral excoriation we got from Peter Carlin yesterday about how we're terrible people for watching Dexter. Just want to, he's just, I find that show to be chilly and unemotional, and I find that it's emotion, you know, it's manipulative and amoral. And I, you know, and I kind of went, uh, so not, it's not like I can really get uh, d- d- disputed in any way. Yeah. I mean, you really are rooting for a guy who cuts people into little pieces and puts them into garbage bags. There's really, you can you can try to give all the moral relativism you want to that. You can try to shade it within your own conscience. But at the, really, at the end of the day, you you really are pulling for a guy who chops people into small piles. I mean, that's kind of it. It's pretty disturbing. However handsome and stylish he may be. He is handsome. I started off not thinking he was very handsome, but... Yeah, no, he gets... And he he's gets a good-looking guy. He becomes more charismatic uh, as the season goes on. Though. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's all kinds of creepy, too. Like, he has that donut box empty, just like me. I hate... <laughs> and the flashbacks with his father are just so stressful. Oh, yeah, Because yeah. I still don't know how his... You know, I don't want to ruin... I know everything. But, yeah, like, what happens to his parents... And every time I'm seeing him holding a gun and there's a flashback with um, the guy who's also in Sex and the City, who's a big character in Sex and the City, the guy who plays his father. Right. And uh, every time I'm watching him, oh, God, is he just going to stab him? Now, I have only seen the first season. I'm going to be – the second season uh, uh, is out there, though. Uh, and uh, I know some uh, some folks who taped it, uh, and so I'm going to try to uh, I'm going to try to be catching up on the second season now, so I can then sort of you know, you know have kind of a running start on it. I will tell you this: the closer you get to the to the finale of season one, just the more dark, I'm nervous. just the more warped it becomes, and the more you start to question uh, all of your own values as a human. Well, and so, uh, I'm at fun. the part right now at the hockey the hockey rink thing just happened. Oh yeah. So that's that's where I am. Yeah, that's all creepy. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, let's do a uh, do a couple of these calls. That, oh, by the way, does the studio smell cleaner today, or does it seem cleaner? If not, that's fine. You don't have to, you know, it may not smell any different. No, there's still chunks It smells everywhere. like some kind of magic market that makes us high. Oh, that's, the, oh, by the way, there's that, too. So that's an interesting thing, by the way, as humans, that we all sort of, you know, there's, do you ever think about this? How many distinct smells, because smell, of course, is the most powerful of the senses. Do you, do you know how many distinct smells you don't really realize are distinct uh, until you smell them and you kind of and you know exactly what it is and that's and this doesn't work on the air obviously but I have a uh, I have a magic marker and not a sharpie uh, but an actual like one of the actual metallic you know magic markers and because I don't have my sharpie today because I can't sharpies are one of those office supplies that vanish I would say the three most stolen office supplies and by stolen I mean a guy comes by your cubicle or by your desk sees it borrows it doesn't give it back. Some things you borrow and you give back. If you borrow a stapler, you probably give the stapler back because it's, you know, it's big and it's clunky and you can't really just carry that around in your pants. 
If you stop by somebody's desk or, you know, whatever, and you pick up a Sharpie, like a black Sharpie, you probably don't give that back. That's my feeling. Here's another thing that gets borrowed and not returned in offices. Highlighters. Mm-hmm. Highlighters are like number two on the list, especially the, you know, the good yellow kind that are really bright. Do you ever do this? Do you ever, uh, do you ever have somebody, uh, they take a highlighter and then they either return it or they replace it with one that's all stubby and the, like the yellow tip has gotten all blackened? And then it's like you almost don't even want to use it. And it just sort of makes you sad. Um, There's nothing sadder than, well, I'm sure there are things that are sadder, but a, a dried up highlighter. Oh. And you're still trying to get a little and bit of And you're trying to just get the final, come on! It's yeah, like that weird squeaky sound. <laughs> On the page as you're trying to get like a little bit of orange out of it. Yeah. Most frequently stolen office supply. Not necessarily that you're even taken home, but it's that you're taking from the front desk when the guy isn't around and then you keep it. Of course, post-it notes. Post. There are never enough post-it notes. You're, you, you could order them by the half ton. I mean, you could order those little tabs of post-it notes by the gross. Uh, and it, there will never be enough. You will always be out. I always seem to be out of paper clips, too. Anyway, but I'm using this, uh, like, the regular old metallic magic marker, and it's funny. I opened it, you know, like, I took the lid off, and within four seconds, both Sarah and Tim were like, magic marker. And, you know, it, it, Damn, it's kind of giving me a headache, but it smells really good. Okay, but here's another thing about that, and I hate to be just a guy doing a bunch of dumb observational comedy here at the top of the show, but this is this is just the way that the, the odd little roller coaster in my head works, so you're all going to have to be okay with that. It's odd also to think about things that ought not to smell good or that really, when you think about it, don't smell good in any traditional sense, and yet you enjoy smelling them. Here's another one. What else? Okay, let me ask you this. Can you think of anything else off the top of your head that really, when you when you ponder it, doesn't smell good, but you enjoy smelling it? Gasoline. That's exactly what I'm saying right there. That's the biggest one for everybody. I want somebody to look into that. Why does gasoline smell good? Doesn't it seem like there ought to be a study to determine that? Isn't, don't you think it's a bad idea to have gasoline smell good? I mean, can't they put something in there to make it stink? Don't you think they ought to? Especially not so much for us, Sarah, but for the children. Because and that, I think of the children. And that's obviously not a learned behavior. Like, you can learn to enjoy the taste of something. Uh, you know, like if you grow up in a certain culture, you'll enjoy eating cow stomach or whatever, and that's just fine. Some people don't enjoy eating cheese, but they learn to like it. You can learn to, you know, appreciate cigarettes or whatever. You can't learn to enjoy a smell. One either likes a smell or one does not. So there, it's not like we all decided to, that gasoline smells good. It just does, obviously. I think if we polled 100 people right now, 75% of them would say gasoline smells good. Tim? Yes. Well, I like the smell of granite cleaner, too. I was cleaning granite over the weekend, and I do like the smell of it. I don't know what granite... Is that like a, like for a, like for a rock wall at a house or something? Like your granite counters and the granite around your fireplace? No, I'm really feeling like a I'm really feeling a class divide in this whole conversation. I know. For your well, granite countertops. Lie. I like the smell of uh, butterflies and chickadees. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I never Wow. Sometimes I talk to you and I feel so poor. I just, You know when you're cleaning your marble countertops in your kitchen? When you're cleaning your all clad kitchenware? Yeah, I don't know what I'll gra- bring some in. Thanks. <laughs> in a small container that you can keep. <laughs> So when you get granite someday, Rick Emerson. <laughs> so I have something to work for. So I have something for which to strive. So you can set it in front of you every day during the show. That's what I want. <laughs> okay. To motivate me. That'll be the carrot on my stick, Tim. I think I'm going to leave for a while. Someday I'll have a countertop with which to clean this. All right. Well, in any event. Oh, final one. Wooden matches after they've been blown out. The smell of mm-hmm. matches that have just been extinguished. 
I want somebody in OMSI, never mind, I want somebody in a place that, where they talk to us uh, to look into why gas smells good. It's going to bug me now. Uh, probably so you don't swallow it, I would imagine. No, but that doesn't make any sense. You'd want People to smell... People drink it if they told, unless they're told not to. But don't you think they'd want to make it smell bad? You know, in that, in that, because what am I thinking of? What's that, what's that thing that they, uh, like, you know, uh, uh, that's why whiteout, you know, liquid paper. Mm-hmm. You know, that liquid paper, they add that horrible, sharp smell to it because they don't want you to get high on it. Uh, they I add, like it, there's a, you, now you like the smell of liquid paper, don't you find that it burns? No. I don't use that much of it, and I haven't used it lately, but I remember back in my younger days, I did enjoy it. Now, I'm just, uh, now, is that just when you're daubing another paper? Yeah. So one of these days, and I, and I only did this not to get high, but because somebody told course, me how... How many opportunities do you have nowadays to use that anyway? That's another interesting question, actually. You know, I was thinking about the liquid paper company the other day and wondering if Mike, ne- Mike, Ness, if Mike Nesmith uh, still makes a lot of money off that because that's where his family fortune came from, is from liquid paper. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering about, like, you know, Quo Vodimus, uh, the liquid paper company, wh- whither now? This is why we don't ever get anything done. Oh, you know what else I like is the smell of nail polish. Oh, you know, okay, can I just tell you this? You know what I kind of like the smell of? Is uh, nail polish remover. remover. Nail polish remover I quite like the smell of. God damn, we're dumb. Uh, All right. Oh, by the way, who wants to talk to Valerie Bertinelli? The answer is me. (laughs) She isn't the religious nutball, is she? Well, it's possible. Uh, she she was she is a recovering cocaine addict and she was married to Eddie Van Halen so uh, it's possible. You, do you know who Valerie Bertinelli is? I know her face. I don't, I couldn't name. She's her. adorable. Just she's American sweetheart. She's still Rick Emerson sweetheart. Uh, Valerie Bertinelli uh, was uh, she was on One Day at a Time. She played was it Barbara? I think she was Barbara on Va- on One Day at a Time. She was uh, she was the younger sister to. Uh, so what's her name? Mackenzie Phillips. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just just not even hot, uh, but just just really adorable. Just just cute as a button. Cute as a bug's ear. Cute as a bug's ear made out of buttons. So we're gonna see if we can get uh, Valerie Bertinelli on the show. Well, let's take some of these calls, which will undoubtedly be intelligent and gripping, and then we'll uh, we got Elisa Desjardins coming up in a few, uh, and so forth. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, Rick. Good great show, man. What's up, brother? Um, hey, uh, the re- religious nut job is Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Uh, Maureen McCormick, no, not Maureen McCormick, Eve Plum? Yeah. Eve Plum, yeah. no, 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 I think Sarah was talking about Lisa Welchel from Facts of Life. Yeah, Blair from Facts of Life. Yeah. I think. Oh, oh. But are you, oh, say, are you saying, though, that, uh, that Eve Plum is a religious nutcase? Yeah, she's a, she's a psycho, man. Why do they all do that? Why? I don't know. All right. People need something. I suppose. Yeah, uh, you were talking about Cuba Gooding Jr. not doing anything really, really very good the other day. Well, he did Daddy Day Camp. Well, no, he did. Um, he did a movie called The Boxer with the lady who played the Queen of England, Helen Mirren. Yeah, it was awesome. They were just—he was played a cold, calculating, just crazy psycho killer. So he was good because he's—I don't dislike Cuba Gooding Jr., but it does seem like Louise Fletcher before him. He sort of squandered uh, the juice he had after that uh, that Oscar. Yeah, and it, it, it was more of a B movie. It wasn't a big budget movie, but I mean, it was really good. It was disturbing. It was a really, really. Good All right, movie. The Boxer. I'll check it out. All right, best show ever. Thank you, sir. Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, it's Hans. Hello, Hans. Hey, and hello to Tim and Sarah as well. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey, I was calling because I've got a question that I'd like you to ask Lisa Desjardins, if you are willing to. All right, duly noted. Go. Okay, so the Article 2, Section 1 of the Constitution. Now, stick with me here. Article 2, Section 1. 
Yep, it reads that the executive power shall be vested in a president of the United States of America, and then it says, he shall hold his office during the term of four years. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. A male pronoun. Yes. So I want to know, if, if Senator Clinton were elected president, would there be a constitutional crisis? On a scale of one to ten, how much do you really want me to ask this question? Uh, two. Okay, well... Just keep that in mind. <laughs> hey, and uh, if I could, I want to briefly pimp something. If yes, right. go ahead. Um, there's a movie coming out on the 7th called Girls Rock. It's a documentary about the rock and roll camp for girls, mm -hmm. which is a Portland nonprofit. Yes. And they're having a big VIP event on the 7th. So if you Google Girls Rock, the movie, uh, you'll find all the information about it. But Sam Adams is going to be there, the uh, Rose City Rollers, and others. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. There you go. All right. Uh, and finally, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, I was going to talk about smells for a second. Yes. Uh, party trivia. You know that uh, propane gas is sort of like you use in your home in various places. They add a smell to that to where it smells like rotten eggs, so you know that it's in the air. Because otherwise it is it is odorless, correct? Exactly. Yeah. That's. I think it's the same thing with maybe not carbon monoxide, but maybe it's just that that I'm thinking of. That, that, yeah, because otherwise it would just gas you and you wouldn't know it was there. And also my boy, 10 years old, he's not a gearhead or anything like that, doesn't like wheel sports. But he's just intrigued by petroleum products, smells, gasoline, WD-40, some things of that nature. See what I mean? It's just weird that we all think gas smells good, because what smells good about that? I mean, it's nothing you would eat. No, no, I've had it in my mouth. It's unpleasant. Yeah, typically... The gasoline. I was going to say, if I had a nickel for every time I'd heard that, sir. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, typically if something smells good, it's because it also smells like something you would taste. Oh, there's a lot of nasty smells. And for some reason, you take another whiff, you know. Weird. All right, I've got to find the answer also, to that. Also, Valerie Bertinelli, hot as balls. Thank you, sir. Best show ever. All right, there you go. Let's take a break. We'll be back after this with Lisa Desjardins uh, later on uh, other things of comedy and stuff. All right, stay there. Jerks and four people. Because that woman from Clear Channel seems so pleasant, pleasant most of the time anyway. She's a ball of sunshine. Well, now we have a, a bad rep on the street, yo. We? She, we no, do? Not we, not the station. Like, our team, because she's saying how... Like, she said all these mean things to us, and then now, and then she told, like, Scott Tom and all those kind of guys that we were just these horrible people. And I'm like, well, that's, that's not true. That's true. Oh. Hi, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, From the Hill, CNN Radio Correspondent, Lisa Desjardins joining us today. Hello, how are you? Hello, guys. How are you? How's life? How are things in the big city? Uh, just fantastic. Everybody's back in town after their little recess. Uh, I've got taco night with the presidential debate tonight, and... Uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't be happier. I mean, there's a printer now at my office. I, I don't have to uh, go to Kinko's to print out my uh, CNN documents, so it's all very nice. Have you been printing your CNN documents at Kinko's, at FedEx Kinko's? At <laughs> FedEx, yes, most part. Sometimes I go to the uh, the D.C. Bureau, which is, you know, just a, you uh -huh. know, maybe like a mile away. But, yeah, this, I'm in this little closet here in the Capitol, and the printer... Uh, from the John Bisney days, just it never worked for me. In the John Bisney days. That's Look at right. you. Whatever. I, he may have told us this at the... Sorry. Pardon me. 
<laughs> Sorry, a little something there. Uh, he may have mentioned this. What, what became of John Bisney? Do, well, I, do I know, and I, have I just forgotten? It seemed that no one knew. I, I kept inquiring. I wanted to find out myself, and nobody knew. And I actually stumbled upon it when I was doing, I don't know if you remember, a series I did on energy and sort of how, how uh, well, the, really the doom and gloom of the energy future. And I, I happened to make a phone call. And it was to the American Petroleum Institute, who answers, but John Bisney. Excellent. Well, that is a growth industry. It is a growth industry. I mean, he, you know, if, if you're going to move, if you're going to make the move, go all the way. That's what he's doing. All right. The, I was just lamenting to somebody that, well, there's, you know, printers are always, A, the weak link in the office uh, productivity chain. True. That's true. And printers and fax machines. And B, fax machines, which... Fax machines are just weird at this point. I mean, a fax machine yeah. is like getting, as Douglas Copeland once said, that's like getting an email from 1992. <laughs> it just, uh, and, and they never really have the resolution. Things become smudged and blurred and all, you know, the cattywampus, and it's just, it's no good. So, instead well, of... The printing scam on the ink is just out of control. You probably hit on this before, but, you know, they sent me this new printer, and it only has the color ink in it. So you have to, they actually don't even include the black ink Ugh. with the new printer anymore. No, the uh, give you the printer, sell you the ink is the new give you the razor, sell you the blades. Hey, exactly. I have to tell you this. Richie Bristol is actually so dead set against having to pay through the nose for printer ink that what he does is I've gone into the kitchen here at CBS Radio sometimes, and he will be in, he will buy printer ink in like it's it's like one of those big Costco sized tubs that like <laughs> where you buy like picante sauce or something and it's like four gallons. He will buy the printer and then he will he will go into the kitchen wearing like a big rubberized Devo suit basically <laughs> and sit there and inject the ink into his like you know he will manually refill all of his home ink cartridges. Does he have like some sort of turkey baster for ink that with the little tiny needle nose? Basically, yeah, he is he's so dead against paying the man's prices <laughs> for ink. I think he's, that's fantastic. Yeah, no, he's he really enjoy he, that's that's his that's him throwing a little uh, as John McClain would say a little monkey into the wrench. Hey. So uh, all right, uh, by the way, before. Before we talk about uh, the debate tonight, and then yes. before we play, what celebrity does Lisa Desjardins yes. sound like? It, who, if I may ask this, who writes the um, the prep sheet uh, descriptions or summations of what y'all will be talking about? Oh boy, uh, it, it's whoever generally whoever the the supervisor is for that shift. So for this morning, it was probably Tyler, though. I'm worried because I didn't I don't get those anymore, and I sent him some suggested write-ups, and I, maybe he might have used one of mine. Does he just not include you? So it's kind of a so it's sort of just sort of a mystery to you as to what somebody's going to be talking to you about. It, it's true. It's, there have been times, there's at least once or twice a week, where I will go into uh, an, an affiliate live shot thinking it's one thing, and it'll be a subject for which I am entirely unprepared. It's funny you should mention that actually, because last week we had uh, uh, Bob Costantini on, and it, it, the prep sheet said. Bob Costantini available to talk about Toshiba and the HD DVD versus Blu-ray standoff. Okay. And so, fool that I am, I sort of you know believed it. So Aww. you know then we so we bring Bob on and I do my whole Bob. Let's talk about HD DVD versus Blu-ray now, please. And and I and it was like a perfect. It was an Aristotelian confluence of bad because. My my whole shtick for that segment with him was just to admit that I knew nothing about it. I said, you know, let's pretend I'm a small, dumb child. Tell me everything I need to know about the history of this format war and where we are now and how it's going to affect me technically as a consumer. So Bob gamely uh, gives me like, you know, Jesus, like seven and a half, eight minutes about it. And then sort of at the end of the shot reveals that he actually had no idea he was going to be talking about that. He thought he was coming out to talk about Raul Castro. <laughs> And, and 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 the only way he was able to sort of plow through it 
is because I guess he's just sort of a nerd for technology and had like read something about it in Popular Mechanics the day before. Oh, that's you know that's what happens the most. It it really it's it's I can't think of a time where I've been entirely unprepared because it usually has to do with politics or something up here. But sometimes it'll be something that I I hadn't. It, it usually usually uh, I'm re- the, the things on the prep sheet. I'm ready for that stuff, but sometimes affiliates will kind of mix up who's doing what, and or they'll see something cross the wires, so they'll just throw that in there. And uh, yeah, so it, it it can get a little a little wacky. Uh, the only reason I ask about the prep shoot is because there's this great uh, there's this great little I don't know if it's if it was written this way intentionally. Mm. Um, it's about the food safety thing, mm. and it says um, it says after the country's largest ever beef recall, CEOs including Steve Mandel will be grilled by a house committee today. That was, I'm glad you caught that. I actually wrote that because I was feeling a little giddy last night. That was my little wink. And, in fact, at one point I had a version of that story that I, I actually withdrew when I was voicing the story that I said um, – Congress is grilling the heads of the food. Like <laughs> that's fantastic. Did you ever see the um, the the uh, from CNN dot com? I might add the definitive list of the beef products that were being recalled. I've, yes, I, I didn't read through it, but I saw. Oh man, did you did you not actually read the items? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Now I, I hold on. Now I got to uh, I got to find it while we're talking here. Hold on. Let me tell you. This is what I've been listening to all day. Is this food recall hearing and. CNN has since moved on in the way that it seems the news industry likes to report a story either the day before it happens or after it happens. But when it's actually happening, it doesn't seem like we pay as much attention perhaps as we should. I'll get off my soapbox now. But So I've been listening to this hearing today, and I'll tell you, it really has turned my stomach. I've got a pretty you know, tough mind and stomach for this kind of stuff, but... The, there are some worrisome concerns coming out of this hearing. Yeah, I know. And, of course, I work, you know, Tim Riley, our news director, is uh, an avowed vegan. Uh, and so the best, part, the best part is just sort of his, his smugly arched eyebrow every time one of these stories <laughs> would come out. And just sort of it, he would sort of finish all the beef recall stories with, but it doesn't affect me, Tim Riley. So, <laughs> all right, these, I'm, I'm getting Coffee, this. Taco night tonight has been actually shifted to chicken tacos because of this hearing. <laughs> I actually emailed everyone and said, guys, I cannot do beef tacos tonight. I just can't. It is an I. And I don't, you know, and I have no uh, moral or ethical dilemmas about being an omnivore or whatever. But when you think about it, it really is amazing uh, that you know, that given what we know about like beef, you know, whatever production in this country, that I'm able to lift a fork full of, uh, you know, of like a beef into my mouth without just, you know, it's 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 pretty astounding. Okay, so I'm looking at the. Uh, this is yeah. from CNN.com. This is uh, some of the things being recalled, um, and I will just read these in no particular order. Beef livers, beef, quote, feet, end quote, beef tripe, beef regular tripe, beef honeycomb tripe, which is apparently big, yeah, 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 Uh, beef tails, beef cheek meat, beef tongue trimmings, beef ribs, beef hearts, beef cheeks, beef plates, which is just sort of confusing, beef small intestine, I swear to you it says beef lips, beef spleen, beef salivary glands, beef tongue fat, beef lymph nodes, Beef bile and finally meat packing beef blood. So, <laughs> so there you go. So, uh, hey. well, just, you know, the good and bad news is that it's not just beef. The hearing today is really talked about the seafood industry. It, the the head of the essentially the American one of the American Shrimping Associations got up there and said. America is the world's dumping ground for low-quality seafood <laughs> because of our low standards. Excellent. 
Well, you know what I can say? If you deep fry it and slather it in cheese whiz, the average American, and that, that's me. That's, and, that's, and that's me, by the way. So I'm going to notice almost nothing, yeah, uh, you know, in there. Uh, the seafood import's got a big knock today, for sure. Uh, look, i got to tell you, growing up as a, chi- as a child in what we might call a, a downscale family, about 90% of the alleged seafood I ate uh, came out of a Gorton's box and was rectangular. <laughs> So I got. I'm in no position to criticize anybody. Um, let, real quickly, let's uh, let's talk about this. Uh, the debate coming up tonight. So, is at this point, do you sense that uh, a there is such momentum behind Obama, and b mm. I mean, let's just be honest. B uh, most Americans are just jackholes who don't pay attention to this kind of a thing, and they they only sort of they get everything through the media summation the next day, unless there is just some staggering body blow. Mm-hmm. Uh, this debate is. is I don't want to say pointless. I don't want to put it that way. But it, but it, it does seem like it is... Uh, We've it, been there, right. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like there's really much that can be done tonight that's going to break new ground. It's going to be tricky. Hillary Clinton, it, I, I would be surprised if she does not bring up uh, this relationship that Barack Obama had with, uh, I think, I can't can believe I forgot his first name, but with, with Resco, the real estate developer, uh, now under indictment in Chicago. Because that's making more and more news in the last couple of days that there's, you know, it, what, how closely was Obama connected, how closely wasn't, was he not, and what about this real estate purchase? And, you know, there has, there's no smoking gun there right now, but we know that they're certainly associates that they bought sort of these adjoining property together, they toured the land together, that Resco gave uh, Obama uh, substantial campaign contributions. So, you know, I think they smell smoke there, and I think Hillary Clinton I would be surprised if she does not somehow bring that up because in the last couple of days, her tone has has just gone from, I love you, Barack Obama. I'm so honored to be sitting (laughs) next to you and even sharing the stage with you to you ought to be ashamed, Barack Obama, and really just going after him. So I I think she's going to try and throw some real punches. The question will be, does he take the bait like he did in South Carolina, or does he try to avoid the bait and uh, keep his own message as he did in Texas? I don't know. And, and you're probably right that the bigger question is, how much will it matter? I think a body blow is, in fact, what would be needed. But I think the Clinton campaign smells that in this kind of unfolding Resco situation. We'll see. And I mean, At this point, uh, Obama basically just has to keep his head above water and do nothing, I would think. You know, you know what I mean. In other words, uh, he, because the last, the last uh, debate, he, I hate the phrase, he seemed so he looked presidential because it, that means nothing. But, but the last debate, he really, it's like he was almost talking past Hillary to John McCain or to or, or to, the, mm-hmm. to, the, to the to the showdown with John McCain. It was almost like he he rega- he he went into the last debate and his delivery in the last debate was that the whole thing was a fait accompli, and he was speaking chronologically, sort of past her to this fall. And I think he. It seems to me that that's kind of what he needs to do. He just needs to, to uh, feed the sense of his own predestination. I, I think so. I, you know, but one of his one of the issues for his campaign is they would like to finish this next week. They would like it to be over on March fourth when Texas and Ohio and Vermont and Rhode Island, asterisk Vermont and Vermont and Rhode Island, when they all vote. And to do that, to to be sure of it. They need to probably win in Ohio and Texas. They, they right now are doing great in Texas. We've talked about that before. But in Ohio, she's ahead in the polls. So I think that there is some motivation for Barack Obama to try and make some moves to try and uh, clinch Ohio if he can, to try and steal Ohio away from Hillary Clinton and f- finalize this. Now, if if she loses Texas, which she may, 
then we don't know. It could go either way. She may drop out. She may not. Uh, her campaign has indicated that they think Texas is must win, but you know, they may stay in regardless. So he really needs this Ohio and Texas sweep, and that's why you, if, if he does make any moves tonight it will be because of that he's trying to win ohio i just can't see her dropping out i just can't and, and that, that's that's what i question too even even though they've said oh it's it's must win they can do the math as well as everyone if, if she's close uh, they're, they're they're still in it potentially they've got they've got a steep climb but they're still in and it. and she's just a killbot i mean she's just she's just she's the she's a t-1000 you know <laughs> she absolutely will not stop uh and uh, until she is just until it's until it's finally done i mean really until they ring the bell i don't know where her energy comes from but it's she has an endless supply if she just she does she just keeps going and going and going uh of course she won't bring it up but i give it like two and three that uh that obama brings up this uh, this business of the photo uh, uh, tonight. Oh, I don't know. I think that's sticky. It's possible. I know you would like him to. I'd, only because I think he'll try to tag her with it as being more of the same, more of the same dirty politics. I think more likely is that NBC brings it up and maybe even throws a little visual up there and asks about it. Uh, and and ask and, and bring it as as often uh, happens. We'll sort of try and bring it up in this tone of the campaign. Let's talk about the campaign in general. But we're going to show this specific photo. But back to the campaign in general. You know what you can blame for all of this is that picture of Michael Dukakis in the tank. I mean, really, because every campaign since then they've tried to find that photo. I remember that picture right. of John Kerry like swaddled up like a baby crawling through some NASA thing at some point. That was fantastic, right? Or right. <laughs> crawling through some weird astro tube. <laughs> Just all right. Right, I forgot about that. There is uh, one other item that I want to pass on uh, of Washington News. Uh, Idaho Senator Larry Craig yeah. has just sent out notice that he is now looking for interns for the summer. <laughs> so anyone who's interested, okay, can contact Larry Craig's office. He's got all the information on his website. Is, Craig, is Larry Craig's office located right next to the Fonz's office? <laughs> Not right, exactly. Right, of course. The uh, one of the. CNN producers that was passing this around, you know, had to title it Larry Craig soliciting interns. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes these things just write themselves, you know. Uh -uh. All right. Uh, okay. So now because I've been teasing this endlessly, so yes, we, and yes, I've, I, I really, I thought about this. I have no idea. I was going to ask if you had a guess. So we have, first of all, should give credit where credit is due. Uh, I did not do this. This is a listener of ours. Uh, in Las Vegas, a guy named Randy who listens to us over the net in Vegas. He's been a longtime listener of ours uh, in several states. And he sent me this thing saying, I have figured out who Lisa Desjardins sounds like. How? Uh, now, have you you have no theory, no guess. None at all. I mean, I, I really, I don't know. I can't think of age, uh, country. I, I have no idea. All right. Um, so I guess what I'll do is now, I know it's weird because you're right here on the phone with us, but I will play the little clip of you that he sent along. He actually isolated a clip of you. <laughs> Randy, wow. So here's the thing I've got. I've got a clip of you. I've got a clip of wow. this this other woman. And then I myself, I took it upon myself in, um, I, I used our, our, uh, our production equipment here, and I actually altered the clip to make it sound like she is on the telephone to get a more side-by-side -side comparison. <laughs> So, first of all, here, this is really surreal, but here's you. The current President Bush makes the past President Bush look a little bit better. I've heard a lot of people who say, oh, the first President Bush handled things, you know, kind of was much more wise. And all right, so there you go. That's you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I give you iconic former MTV VJ Martha Quinn. Rent the movie Dogs in Space. This is my recommendation to you. Dogs in space. And I know what happens when you go into the video music store, you, uh, the video store. 
what past that little threshold of the doorframe and your mind suddenly goes now that's Martha Quinn now here's that same clip altered <laughs> so Martha Quinn sounds as though she's on the telephone Wow once again you the current President Bush makes the past President Bush look a little bit better I've heard a lot of people who say that's you Martha Quinn on the phone Rent the movie dogs in space this is my recommendation to you dogs in space and I know what happens when you go into the video music store you, uh, the video store past that little threshold of the doorframe and your mind suddenly goes blank. Doesn't so there you go. So I have to concur with Randy, by the way, that you do sound a damn lot like Martha Quinn. I really like that. That's pretty cool. It's great. And you know what? I, if you had locked me in a room for a thousand years with an infinite number of typewriters, I never would have uh, come up with that. I never would have figured out the Martha Quinn thing. But you know what? As soon, Even before I listened to it, when he's like, the least just like Martha Quinn, I knew immediately. I just knew somehow instinctively, just within myself, that it was true, and uh, and sure enough, it is. So, and that you know what? Wow. It's not enough referencing a Martha Quinn in today's culture. No, so. I think that's very true as well. Wow, that's very. I, I feel I feel cooler. I yeah. know a lot of people. I don't know that they necessarily would, but I feel a great deal cooler. Now, Martha Quinn was, uh, you know, first of all, how many people can say they were one of the original five uh, VJs? You know, it was her and four other people. And she really was, at least to a certain uh, slice of the populace, I mean, she's really iconic. As, I think that's right. You know, because, you know, even now, like, MTV just doesn't have the sway that it used to. I mean, it's still popular with uh, the young people. But MTV, is, you know, their, their audience share has gradually diminished with every year. I think every year it's gone down since, like, 1999 or something. But it, But at that time... I mean, it was getting like a 95 share or whatever of the uh, the shiftless teen demographic. Unre- and you're right, and there were just five VJs yep. that were there all the time. Yeah, and so uh, and so I, like many people, grew up watching uh, and really adoring Martha Quinn. So that is a, she is a good I would person. Say of all of them, too, she she would be the the one I would uh, I want to be. Want well, to you, know, you don't want to be Nina Blackwood. Yeah, she was cool too. I don't. I'm just not. I, you know, I'm not. I'm not such a not a, not as cool of a rock and roller, perhaps. As well, you know, rock and roller sometimes is just code for like like rock and roller when you're uh, 25. When you're 35, that becomes like ratty hair and a bad smoker's cough. You know what I mean? Yes, it's true. Like you've sort of got bad nails and you're clutching a thing of diet tab going, hey. So <laughs> yes, I'm just uh, speculating, of course. Wow. Uh, you know, it's still so weird that remember uh, Rosie O'Donnell in VH1? Because was that not where she got her yeah. start? Uh, Rosie O'Donnell got her start hosting a stand-up comedy special. Uh, uh, she was she was the host of the stand-up show, I do believe. Now, maybe I'm getting this wrong, but Advised. I think she was the uh, I think she was the host of a V. VH1 stand-up comedy show is like an ongoing series because really? it, because there was that whole thing in like 87, 88 where like everybody in America was a stand-up comic for like 10 minutes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. And every network had a stand-up up, comedy show. Like the oversized shirt, whether you're a man or a woman. Exactly. Totally. And you were standing, yes. you're like a standing against a brick wall. Yes. Um, but uh, now, do you remember her being a VJ or doing what on VH1? She was a, she was a VJ on VH1. Okay, well, see, now I've got... So I must have it backwards, so... I, I thought that was where... I thought that was her first... Like, she she was doing comedy before that, but I, I thought that was her first major break. So she must have been a comedian, then a VJ, then as an offshoot of being a VJ, they must have given her the comedy show to host. Yes, I, I think so. I'm sure Emerson listen, listeners are going to come through with this one. And that's when she had, like, uh, the big sort of 80s hair that was also really long. She looked like sort of a... No, so horrible. I was no. I was gonna say. I was gonna say she looked. She looked kind of like an inflated version of Cher. But um. But she did have like the big '80s hair that was really poofy and poodly that went cascaded down. But then she wore like a lot of blazer jackets. You know, like a lot of suit jackets. So. Uh, but I. And you know, she was. You know, the quick online. It does. It does look like the, it was the stand-up special that was her start. But I remember her 
just being on VH1 kind of sort of randomly, like as if as a VJ. And you know, and here's the the so thing I'm about I'm remembering that wrong. The thing about Rosie O'Donnell too is not unlike uh, Roseanne Barr, uh, although they both kind of gotten sort of. Uh, I don't know, sort of, sort of nutty over the years and, and whatever, and they're sort of like lost to their own personal. I don't know. They 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 both got kind of a weird baddie sort of dreamy kind of thing going on in their heads at this point. But they were, but but Rosie O'Donnell was really funny. Uh, she was. It's that's absolutely true. She was entirely entertaining. Yeah, she was hysterical, not unlike Roseanne, who was also un. You know, the, the history will treat, especially Roseanne, will be treated very kindly by history. Uh, they will look back and really acknowledge her as the groundbreaker she was, but Rosie O'Donnell was also hysterical, and I think, unfortunately, that gets kind of lost now because, you know, because, because of crap like rolling around in the virtual mud with Donald Trump, so. Uh, How about that? Okay, I, so, and two other final quick things. I'm yeah. always embarrassed when my mind goes for a second. The, the food safety hearing is a uh, clouded me, but Tony Resco, of course, uh, the the developer. Is this the alleged slumlord? Alleged slumlord, exactly, yeah. as Hillary Clinton likes to say. Uh, and But then also need to report that uh, we don't need to get into this in too much detail. I don't know if you want to, but the Senate is uh, actually at this minute taking a vote on Iraq, another one. This would be a vote to end funding essentially within four months. It's not expected to pass, but this is another vote where Democrats are saying the Iraq war is still happening. We are still opposing it. We're going to take a vote, even if we know we're going to lose this vote. So it's another uh, just uh, keep keep it in front of folks. Yeah, you can, maybe you can hear. It. Let me see. Yeah. Oh no, that's that's yeah, that's that's the there's the sound that's the sound of the vote right now. Uh, really, not a lot. Going on. That's just as gripping as I thought it would be, Lisa. <laughs> exactly. Yes. You don't you don't even need C-SPAN to get that in your head, do you? It's, so excellent. This really has. You hear that phrase, has run the gamut sometimes? Really, I think this is the textbook definition of that day, but it's fantastic as always, and now you know you sound like Martha Quinn. I, I really, I'm I'm treasuring that. That's true. Andy, uh, thank you. All right, are you on tomorrow? I w I'm here the rest of the week. All right, we will talk to you tomorrow. As always, enjoy your day. You guys, too. Thank you, Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen, on the Hill. Fantastic. Excellent. Wonderful. How's everybody doing? Fine. Good. How's everybody doing? Do we yeah. have to do this every day? I don't know. You did, you did this you yesterday. Did. Well, you and Lisa just talked for 20 minutes. I mean, we listened. It was great. I think you're she just She sounds saying. like Martha Quinn. It's true. No, you don't know who Martha Quinn is, do you? No, I do. I, I remember... She did like, Neutrogena commercials. Her, was, well, I just remember her from the MTV stuff. Yeah, no, she was one of the original... She was, uh, real quickly, and then we'll break. We'll come back with the news. The original five VJs, they were... Uh, Everybody kind of had their type, like everybody sort of fit into some stereotype or other. So there was uh, there was Mark Goodman, who was sort of the rocker because he had like big, bad, dumb hair. Uh, there was, oh God, I've just started filing this away in the deep storage of my head. I just don't, I just don't even care. Mark Goodman, Nina Blackwood, she was the rock chick because she had big, frizzy hair and she smoked and had big, chintzy jewelry and, like, fake nails and kind of talked like this. And Alan Hunter and Alan, J.J. Jackson. That's it, Alan Hunter. Um, Alan Hunter was sort of a California dude. He kind of was, like, not an airhead, but he was kind of, kind of you know, like, a, sort of a pretty boy kind of guy. He was sort of like a surfer dude. Uh, there was J.J. Uh, Jackson, who was sort of there to give credibility because he had worked on a lot of uh, very popular L.A. radio stations. He's mentioned in Radio Wit. He worked with Jim Ladd for a okay. long time. Uh, so he was there, obviously, so it wasn't just a bunch of white people, and so also because he had a long history as a radio guy. He was very well respected. Uh, and then and then there was Martha Quinn, and Martha Quinn was the girl next door. Mm -hmm. So and she was just, just adorable, just 
just really, I mean, I mean, not like sexy as such, but really just the absolute definition of adorable. So I'm looking at pictures of Nina Blackwood now, and she's kind of crazy looking. I met Nina Blackwood a couple years ago, actually, and it was not a pretty sight. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tim Riley, are you preparing news for us? Yes, but I'm reading about Martha Quinn. I almost forgot all about And I'm her. reading about Nina Blackwood. <laughs> What's Martha Quinn up to these days, or do I want to know? Man, let me look. It's like when you read what Kennedy's up to, and the chick from a TV, and she's hosting a show on Channel 798. She's married to musician uh, Jordan Tarlow, and they have two children, and they live in Malibu, so it doesn't get better than that. Well, so she's she's liking her life then. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Because, you know, they, they always, you know, you think of people like that, and you're almost afraid to look them up because you don't want to be like, is doing dinner theater in Akron. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's living in Malibu with a musician. Good for her. I'm not even jealous because I was never, I, I was never really like attracted to Martha Quinn because again she's, I don't mean to sound like a knock, but she doesn't, she doesn't have that kind of presence, like a sort of sexiness. It's just that she's cute. She really is very cute. This is yeah. So she lives in Malibu, and from her home she does uh, satellite radio, a one-hour weekly show. Yeah, well that's the other thing about those guys. If you're one of those icons from that time. You can get yourself a cable gig or a satellite gig. God, that would be so awesome. Just, like, get some coffee and then just wander into a room for an hour and be like, that's my work for the week. Exactly. No, totally. That's Well, you know, Nina Blackwood did that. Uh, It was before. They didn't do it over ISDN for some reason. I don't know why. Nina Blackwood, though, when I was doing my ill-fated syndicated show, that's where I would meet Nina Blackwood because the same company, company right here in downtown Portland, that did my syndicated show, syndicated a Nina Blackwood 80s countdown show. And so she would come into the studio once a month, and she would tape a whole month's worth of shows, and then she'd go home, and they'd assemble them, and then they'd send them out. And so I, I every now and again, I shouldn't knock her. She's just, she's just, you can tell a lot of cigarettes and a lot of time in the sun for that woman. Uh, you know, but she's cool. She was on MTV, and I, you know, I wasn't. So, uh, but she came on my show, and she was pretty great. And uh, couldn't wait to, couldn't wait to talk smack about Kurt Loder. Like as soon as the mic was off. Couldn't couldn't wait to talk about Kurt What did Loder. she say about him? I, I, I shouldn't say because it was off the mic, and uh, I would just say that she, as soon as the mic was off, let me tell you about Kurt Loder. Like, that was, I shouldn't, it wasn't anything that bad, but I probably I probably shouldn't repeat it. But she uh, she couldn't wait to, like, you know, to open her mouth and for the words Kurt Loder to come out. Uh, let's see. What are we doing here? Are we breaking? Yeah. Let's break. We'll come back. Tim Riley's at the Ministry of Truth with the Noon News Hour. Uh, coming up later on. Oh, I never did read this little bit from the inquiry yesterday about uh, you're not my baby's daddy. We'll get to that uh, and other stuff and so forth. Oh, and we have a science question later. So stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. Here's Jimmy Eat World. We'll be right back. I thought that she was helped host of that stand-up show and then became a VJ. But Lisa thought that it was Rosie O'Donnell as VJ. Then the Here's what I didn't know. So Bruce emails, Bruce Pulley emails and says, Rosie got her start on Star Search. Other notable... Uh, did you know that Star Search was still going on in 2004? With TV's Ed McMahon? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I thought that American Idol would have just totally killed that off. You want to hear some other uh, notable contestants on Star Search over the years? Alanis Morissette. Christina Aguilera. Uh, let's see, Drew Carey. Brad Garrett. Jessica Simpson. Kevin James. Jenny Jones. Uh, Martin Lawrence. Jesus. Dennis Miller. I mean, just endless numbers of people on here. All right. Justin Timberlake. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. 
And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. An enraged man riding a lawnmower smashed into a homeowner's window, rode into traffic on a busy street, and tried to run down a police officer. Jason Taylor just returned home from work yesterday when he saw the suspect riding a red lawnmower, which stopped in front of his house on West 27. The suspect allegedly began yelling obscenities at Taylor. Once Taylor went inside, locked the door, and called 911, the man used a lawn chair to smash Taylor's front window. Soon the suspect rode away and crossed 4th Plain Boulevard on the mower, moving at 4 miles an hour. Police in close pursuit. An officer ordered him to stop that lawnmower. But instead, the suspect swerved the mower and tried to run over the officer. Within moments, several policemen pulled the man, later identified as 52-year-old Stephen Ray Castor, off the machine and arrested him. No motive yet. Okay, but... Except but, that he's in the couve. I, <laughs> except for the typical craziness that comes from certain locales. Mm-hmm. 360. Uh, so, how do you... I'm unclear on the broke the man's front window with the lawnmower. It's with a lawn chair. Oh, with a lawn chair, not a lawnmower. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, and then so, so he liked the door cold and more. Why would you evade the cops on a lawnmower when you can walk at like double? Well, he's not that bright, I guess. Because uh, you can. We're walk. talking about uh, this fellow Stephen Ray Caster here. <laughs> you can walk. You can walk at like twice that speed. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there you go. So uh, another exciting day in Vancouver. Heroes of Vancouver. A Vancouver woman took law in her own hands when she found a wanted felon hiding in her garage yesterday afternoon. Uh, apparently, uh, 18-year-old Raul Govera Martinez Jr. had ducked into this uh, lady's, uh, Don Livermore's, garage after an intensive car chase. There was another high-speed chase. So she began to get curious and thought, maybe he ran into my garage. Well, it turned out it was true. Uh, so this guy ran into several yards, hot fences, tried to open at least one front door, and ended up in this woman's. She heard all the commotions to all the police cars, so she figured, oh, check my own house. She grabbed her Colt 380 semi-automatic pistol just in case. She checked the side door of the garage. It was locked, and she knew right away there was somebody in there. So she has her pistol in hand and her doberman by her side. She opens the garage door, and there she finds this guy hiding behind some boxes. So she points the pistol at him. I said, put your hands up and get up. So the dog started sniffing his legs, and he said, get that dog away from me. I'm afraid of dogs. The intruder kept inching toward the door, so she fired a warning shot out to the side, the bullet went into a container filled with camping gear, and then the guy went out uh, through the side door. He went outside, didn't see police. So she fired off another round. <laughs> you know she was just itching to kill him, too. Mm-hmm. You know that's true. She was just waiting for that guy to make one here, false move. Here's a picture move. of this uh, woman from the coop. It is very telling, by the way, of him being a Vancouver criminal, that he was not afraid of guns, but of dogs. Right. Oh, yeah. No, she wants to do some killing. Down right. Now, she, she looks like she'll take you down hard. Jesus. Well, he clearly had it coming. All right. Uh, a Coos County grand jury has uh, cleared two Coquille police officers involved in the arrest that left a, a man paralyzed from the neck down. Uh, apparently, uh, Carl Foster suffered a broken neck while allegedly resisting arrest. So they uh, they took him down with uh, a taser, apparently, and, well, he broke his neck in the process. Uh, because the vertebrae in question was wholly like Swiss cheese, the oh. amount of force needed to cause this type of injury was reduced. Uh. Well, apparently. <laughs> Plunge on ahead. This all began at the trailer. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's let's back up for a second. Where did this happen? This happened in Coquille. Which is where? In Oregon somewhere. So, is the person who is paralyzed a no-good Nick? 
Well, apparently so. Yeah. Were they were they committing a crime? Mm-hmm. So do I need to feel sympathy for them? No. Okay. Excellent. He's paralyzed for your safety. <laughs> Is that like being sanitized for my yes. protection? He's going to wear like a little paper thing around his neck. Paralyzed for your safety. <laughs> well, Sarah, these are scientific facts, it seems. And so scientific... apparently the daughter is disappointed because he's paralyzed for life. As opposed to just, you know, for fun. Anywho, so anyway, <laughs> he was heading back to the truck to grab a hammer, which he used to damage somebody's windshield. So apparently... This all led up to him being paralyzed. So he was doing... Why did the cops go out there originally? I don't say? remember. <laughs> I'm just... There's so many things about this story I want to know. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's see here. Let's start from the beginning. Okay. Uh, they were trying to arrest him because his behavior following the breakup of his relationship with uh, a girl named Julie from Coquille. Now, according to the police, uh, the lady asked her neighbor, Lucille, to drive her to the man's trailer to get her belongings. At that point... The man arrived in the pickup truck and tried to get the pair to pull over. He tried to uh, follow the woman and her neighbor and tossed a coffee cup at the car. He then passed her and blocked both lanes of the road, forcing oh. her to stop. Oh, no, he totally deserved So, this. he tried to get her out of the car, which was locked, before heading back to his truck to grab a hammer, which I... he used to damage the ex-girlfriend's windshield. So she called the police. They found him the next day, and he refused to answer questions. Police told him he was under arrest. At that point, he turned to leave. They ordered uh, Foster to put his hands behind his back, then grab Foster's right forearm and upper arm. Uh, let's see. So he rocked on his feet to resist, and apparently they spun him around. Realizing he was injured, the officers tried to clear his airway by removing his dentures. <laughs> and they tried to abdominal thrust to remove any blockage. <laughs> this is so horrible on every level. So now he's uh, paralyzed for life. Not so funny now, is it, Mr. Hammer Smashing Man? <laughs> All right, well, there you go. Well, clearly he had it coming. I was just off-put by the... By the, the well, there the... were two trailers involved here. Of course. One belonged to the girlfriend and one to him. Um, There's a hammer. <laughs> and some dentures blocking an airway. <laughs> two trailers, a hammer, and a big old pair of dentures. <laughs> that story's never going to end well. And now he's paralyzed for life. So now they don't have to worry about him anymore. No, I was going to say. Now we can rest almost certainly assured that now he Now his will daughter's love. name is Casey. Uh-huh. Not the initials, mind you. K-A-Y-C-E-E. Her name is Casey Fott. Okay. She's disappointed. Well, you know what? Better luck next time on the karmic wheel. Fine. Better luck getting a different dad. Jeez, how, how old they, is she? It doesn't say. But they, they did their best to clear his airway by removing his dentures. Jesus. And tried to abdominal thrust to remove any blockage, but no result. I think an abdominal thrust is where they just kick you in the stomach a few times. I think that's basically what Well, nobody is. was there, and this happened in Coquille. Okay. I was just off-put by the... Both trailers were undamaged in this incident. <laughs> that really is... That really is the bright side of this, Tim. Mm-hmm. So this was sort of the neutron bomb of hammer-wielding story, yeah. where the, the structures were intact. They were left undamaged. Mm-hmm. Just when you said that thing about how one of his vertebrae was, like, full of holes or something, and Swiss therefore, easy, like Swiss cheese. But is that just with his vertebrae? Like, did he get a bum spine or something? Apparently or? so. The vertebrae in question were holy, like Swiss cheese. But, I mean, are my vertebrae holy? Not unless you're this fellow from Coquille. But, I mean, is that a common... Trying to smash windshields with a hammer that you ran and got from your trailer. <laughs> and have your dentures block, <laughs> block your... Uh... Does it say holiest? Well, let's see here. Please tell me he 57. Has... Okay. He's yeah. suffering from a broken neck. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were suffering from him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess it's his turn for a while. Or forever. 
Well, there you go. Well, don't be an ass and these things won't happen. Excellent. So apparently this was a pre-existing condition. Peter? So just the loss of dentures alone were enough to push his, his vertebrae off the deep end. I'm proof that dreams can come true. So I don't know who gets <laughs> I don't know who gets possession of the hammer now. I don't know. Perhaps it was a return to the toolbox in this trailer. Every time I think this, well, he's clearly not going to be wielding a lot of tools, unless unless by tools you mean a stick with which he jabs at things. So his back may be broken, but his dentures are back in place. But his spirit is intact, Tim. Mm-hmm. His back may be broken, but they'll never break his will and right. his freedom. He'll once again sing the national anthem at Coquille High School football games in the fall. <laughs> From his wheelchair with his broken vertebrae, they're like Swiss cheese. Seriously. Holy. I mean, how much sympathy can you have for a guy from a trailer who's chasing his girlfriend down on the road and then gets a hand and, and he starts wasted, a, a, he wasted a good cup of coffee <laughs> tossing it at her car. It's not enough that he's throwing inanimate objects or he then begins hammering her windshield in traffic. Blocks both the lanes of the road. Yeah, seriously. She's just trying to get home to the trailer park in Coquille. <laughs> just trying to get home to watch her stories. Ah, uh, all right. Well, great. But at least you can breathe again. <laughs> and there's no, uh, there's no. Do we pat- know that for a fact, or are you just reading that into the story? Well, I'm kind of supposing it, since they put his dentures back in where they belong. They're no longer blocking his air pipe. My whole thing is, well, first of all, it's odd that dentures could block your your air pipe. You know what I mean? Like you can't swallow your dentures. They're not that small. Well, if you take them out in the first place, there's less of a chance of that. I guess. I so- mean, you can't break anybody's back. When their dentures are stuck in their throat, <laughs> the uh, you know, do you ever wonder who pays for that kind of a stuff? That kind of stuff, like because you know, the, the, so the cops tase him, and now he's you know, he's the immobile man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, that wheelchair obviously doesn't come free, and somebody's got to go out and sponge him off every month or so. Mm-hmm. I wonder who pays for that. I wonder if that's you and me, Rhonda, Mister and Mrs. Rhonda Q. Sucker. If we're uh, if we're paying for that guy to be uh, to be cleaned up by the state every now and again, I don't know what he's going to do with his time now. Well, really, what was he doing with his time before? He can chase people in his wheelchair. He can be look him and the lawnmower guy. Oh, him and the lawnmower him and the guy, guy on the lawnmower can they can they can menace people together in the respective motorized uh, vehicles. All right, that sounds terrific. Uh, a man rigged an ATM at a Hillsborough market, leading the market to lose almost four thousand uh, dollars. They shut down the ATM after somebody programmed it to pay out like a slot machine. Uh, it all started on February 15th when a man altered the ATM at the SNS market on Main Street. After his transaction, customers are able to punch in $20 and get $80 in return. When they try to withdraw $40, they receive $120. Hooray! After discovering the malfunction, one man came in five times a day. Of course. Now, is this now is this money being debited to their account? Apparently not. So if you if I ask for a hundred, so if I if I try to withdraw twenty bucks. I guess, would, I guess the store manager has to pay for this. It would ding my account for 20 bucks, but then give me the overage. Mm-hmm. Mr. Singh, who owns the market, uh, said some of his regular customers even took advantage of him. They were good customers, just like family, and they broke my heart. The uh, theft traces back to a man who was caught on camera with his surveillance camera, so something was working there. Anybody on information or the identity of the man in the surveillance video was asked to call Hillsborough Police. You know, that's kind of impressive, actually, that somebody was able to reprogram an ATM, because I was just figure. Not that I'm a thief, but right I was speaking the store manager. Yeah, and, if, and if I and if I were to be a uh, you know a thief or a criminal of some kind, you figure you just leave ATMs alone. I always figured those things are impregnable. They just can't be. I, I you know that's a trying to trying to rig a slot machine. I was just figure it can't be done. Well, this one's at the SNS Market on Main Street in Hillsboro. In case you'd like to go by and try it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Oh, by the way, Tim, we have a um, somebody's with some breaking news here. Do, do you have? Do you see something about a fire? 
at, uh, wait, hold on a second. The, somebody is claiming there's a fire at the Washington County Fairgrounds. It says, and here's how you know. Is Tim aware that the Washington County Fairgrounds are on fire? Well, no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't know that it's true, by the way. This could be a I fabrication. mean, there's very little there at the Fairgrounds. This man could be confabulating this whole thing, so I don't really know. He says, oh, wait. He says, I just drove by, and one of the main buildings is engulfed in flames. So... That indicates that maybe it has happened. I, I haven't seen anything else about that, though. So hmm. if anybody has seen anything engulfed in flames in Washington County, I mean, you know, something that's not normally engulfed in flames, you let us know. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's up? Hey, uh, that, that man's spine, that was uh, his vertebrae were like Swiss cheese. He yeah. probably has osteoporosis. So we shouldn't be laughing? So Well, no, <laughs> no I'd be we should laughing. Be, He's no. probably a heavy smoker. I was going to say, we should, he was a dick. We should totally be laughing. Oh, um, yeah. But then you're saying this was just... This was just one more bum card in the man's deck of life. Yeah, that's probably why he has dentures, because he's, you know, if he if he did, if he he did is a heavy smoker, he probably has, you know, osteoporosis, which is your bones deteriorating, and yeah. why they're full of, switch, they're full of holes. Yeah, and his all... dentures, when they when they dislodge from their location, yeah. they roll your tongue to the back of your throat, and therefore you suffocate on your tongue. Wait, hold on. So when your dentures slide out, they roll your tongue to the back of your throat? Yeah, because, you know, your bottom plate of your dentures, it has a piece of plastic that goes actually underneath your tongue a little bit. Yeah. And that, that in turn, will roll if you're if they lodge backwards in your mouth. Oh, yeah, then it sticks your tongue way back there. Yeah, just like an epileptic. Yeah. That's, no, that's, that's no good. Hey, can I tell you this? Uh, everybody knows the urban legend about Gene Simmons having his tongue replaced with, like, a cow tongue or whatever. But the, yeah. that wasn't actually, that wasn't the only one I heard growing up. Growing up, the urban legend we heard about Gene Simmons wasn't just that he had his cow, like, a cow tongue. But the one that I remember hearing a lot more was the one that he had all of that stuff underneath his underneath his tongue, like, snipped or whatever. And the, the, the thing we were always told was, well, yeah, you know, all that stuff underneath your tongue that, like, anchors it to the floor of your mouth. You know, you need that to keep you from swallowing your tongue. But you know, if you were to if you were to sniff that stuff underneath your tongue, you know, we all have like 12 inch tongues. It's just a lot of it you can't see. And so no. we were simultaneously thinking that really, if we were willing to be a little ambitious about it, we all could have nine inch tongues. But B, that Gene Simmons had an amazingly uh, strong and powerful tongue that he was able to keep control on and not like swallow it. So we were doubly impressed with that guy. Well, I had I was at the dentist about five years ago, and he he mentioned that I was tongue tied, and there's that little flap of skin, you know, that ridge in the middle underneath your tongue? Yeah. He cut mine back. And so, like, for, oh, is it because you were having trouble speaking? Well, I wasn't having any trouble speaking, but he goes, you're tongue-tied. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, that little ridge right there. Have you ever noticed if you stick your tongue out for long periods of time, it's harder to, you know, rubs against your teeth and everything else? I said, well, yeah. And he goes, well, I can fix that. So he did. Did you find yourself sticking out your tongue for long periods of time? Out? It, it depends on how long I'm in bed with my wife, I was... yes. See, and I wasn't going to say that. I was just going to say, except for intimate moments. Oh, yeah, well, right. you know. Thank you. You bet, man. Bye. Okay. So we still don't have confirmation. Well, who knows? It, it'd be a shame because I'll have to find somebody else, someplace else to hold the Washington County uh, Turnip Festival and Cat Show. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. I just wanted to uh, tell you a quick story about an ATM that was paying out too much money. Um, it happened to my brother. The, uh, the ATM was supposed to have $10 bills in it. Uh-huh. But they filled it with twenty dollar bills instead. So Tim's Tim's facial out, expression implies that he is disbelieving the story. Well, now when uh, you say brother, do you really mean you? But you're not incriminating yourself by calling it your brother. No, no it really was my brother. Okay. Which ATM gives but, out ten dollar bills? I haven't heard that in like twenty that's years. That's true, actually. No, no, no. That that's actually a fair point. I remember when ATMs first came out in the late seventies. 
they started with $5 bills. That, that, well, that is an interesting point. I don't recall first, the last time. When? How long ago was this? This was about 10 years ago, but First Tech ATMs actually still have $10 bills in them. All right. Okay, All right. fair enough. At least the ones I got to. So he but, would ask for 100 and he would get 200 Yeah, he asked for uh, like 50 bucks or something, and they gave him $100 because they gave him 520s instead of 510s. Interesting. So the ATM doesn't know any better. It's just dispensing Sure, yeah, it's just dispensing uh, the money. So he goes back in and tells somebody, and then he went back out and he pulled out his maximum amount of money he could get. And within about 10 minutes, there was about eight people in line, and they drained the ATM, so there wasn't a single bill left in it. I always wonder if people get prosecuted for things like that, because you could, I guess, conceivably claim ignorance. Like you could sort of, you, you, I mean, you could conceivably say, well, look, I didn't really count it. You know, I assume the ATM is right because it's a computer. I asked for a hundred bucks. Like, let me let's go around the room here. Do we all? Do you all count your money when you get it out of the ATM? Yes. Oh, Sarah. Count it? Well, I never get more than like forty dollars. But if you ask time. for like four, okay. But if you were asked for like a hundred bucks, do you do you make sure to go through each bill and count it? Oh yeah. Tim. Usually I don't take out more than twenty at a time. See, and, and I usually don't carry cash on me. See, but I'm just the opposite. I try to pay for everything in cash because I find that I spend less money that way. Uh, well, it all depends on how, how you keep track of your money, because I use Quicken. And oh, that's oh, that's true. So you want to have everything logged. Exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, just for, for I, daily, like, out-of-pocket expenses, uh, I try to always pay cash. Like, I hate to be that guy putting, like, Tic Tacs, you know, on my visa or something. Yes, sir? I personally try to catch the or count the bills because I've been shorted by the ATM multiple times. Is that true? I wonder if I've been shorted. Because I sometimes count, but occasionally, like, if there's a bunch of people behind you, or if I'm, if I'm in a place that I perceive to be perhaps a high-crime area, I'll... Uh, I'll do that thing of like you know looking behind me before I punch in my code and then I get the you know just I get the money like you know it's 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 like I'm in Uruguay you know I'm getting the money and jamming it right into my pocket and running to the car. So all right, thank you, my friend. I say screw the people who are waiting. That's that's the American spirit in action right there. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Oh wait, now we have somebody who claims to be seeing the burning building. Hello, sir. Uh, where are you at? I'm uh, well. Actually, I'm in Lake Oswego now because uh, I'm a and delivery driver. That. That's a big ass fire. Really? No, no, I'm a delivery driver. I went by there about 10 o'clock. I saw the building burning. So it, that was it, it 10 o'clock. Do you suppose it's still burning now, sir? I, I'm surprised that, that it would still be burning. I mean, there was a fire truck there when I went by. Oh, so, so, the, so the fire is probably, so all the excitement is probably over at this point. Well, uh, I would not really cared enough so. to write a story about it. I was just going to say how sad, how sad <laughs> for the Washington County Fairground. They, no one bothered to tell us. Like one <laughs> one guy, and then we had to go looking for, for additional stories. Um, how big was the, was, the, was the building, and how big was the fire? Uh, the building was... Uh... I'd say a little bit bigger than a garage. I wouldn't say it was a main building. It's probably an out. I would call it outbuilding. All right. But it was uh, fully inflamed. All right. Thank. I like the first full. No, 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 dude. I was fully inflamed. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Richie is claiming. Hold on, Richie. Jesus. Hold on a second. Oh, Richie. It's called Sex Panther. Oh, Richie. I hesitate to even do this. It's always a good or a bad idea. Richie uh, Bristol, go ahead and tell everybody what you just typed on the screen to me. Uh, they smell burning here in the hallways. Who is they? Uh, I did too. Matt, Tim, no. I, I smell burning. I do smell anything burning, sir? I have. Well, I have, have, I'm still getting over my cold. So I'm, I'm having, yeah, and I'm having like an allergy attack. I, I have smelled things that are burning. Now, there was something that... Actually... A while back, somebody thought there was something burning, and what it, it, it was turned markers. out to be... Well, and, or, and another time it turned out to be uh, your lunch, actually. The, so people come in like, My you lunch? smell something burning? And I think it was, I think it was, I think it was something you were, it didn't smell bad, but it was sort of, you know, a different kind of, like the smell of heat, you know, something you can smell when there's something, because when you know, think about it, cooking, 
is burning. It's just controlled burning to a certain degree. And somebody said, do you smell, let's just smell like something's burning. And I think it was just that you were cooking some chicken or maybe it's rice and something and got maybe a little singed or whatever. But so now what kind of burning does it smell like? Like electrical burning? I or? don't know. That's what scares me now that I think about it. I'm like, what if I was at home? Well, there's no fire alarm. We know the fire alarm works because we had that fire drill two weeks ago. But I can't smell Except it. I missed the whole thing. Oh, that's true. You won't know how to get out of the building. You'll be burned alive, Tim. I know. I came up. There was nobody here. Well, it was nice to work with you. <laughs> well, I'm not going to worry about anything now. I'm going to broadcast until the end. All right. Thank All right. you. I'll come get you if there's fire. Yeah, you, you, you do that. Throw me over your shoulder and carry me out. <laughs> All right, here's, uh, <coughs> pardon me, here's Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. So a woman stopped at 82nd Street who got a ticket, tried to bribe the cop by pulling a stash of money out of her bra. It's a 24-year-old woman who was stopped at Northeast 82nd. She ran a stop sign. So the officer runs a make and finds out that she wasn't supposed to be driving. She had a drunk driving condition. Uh, so Miss Serriton, which is her name, attempts to bribe Officer Byrne. And pulls out a wad of bills from her bra, totaling 270. She said, "I'll I'll pay you if you tear up those tickets." I didn't think women really carried money in their bra. Like a lady on 82nd. I'm might gonna work, dump that. I'm she totally might work gonna the night shift. That. You're saying she might work the night shift? Yeah. She wouldn't be a, a lady who works in the no, morning. No, I wasn't calling her the prostitute. <laughs> no, I'm saying a dancer. <laughs> okay, that's not really how it came out in the Broadway musical, <laughs> especially because we just. We we just so anyway this woman whose name is um no 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 I'm you're saying that she well, might I um, know people who are yeah who, like that I, seems like a lot of women right, who carry a, large amounts of cash she's, a, she's might, a dancer in an off Broadway show you are on 82nd exactly way 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 off Broadway hey, she's way off Broadway <laughs> on 82nd maybe Broadway. maybe she works at Honeysuckles um Honeysuckles I told you about that place didn't I no I'm pretty sure maybe you were out of the room um I told the story about. It's one of the reasons uh, that, how do I, this sounds awkward. One of the reasons I love my wife. Um, the, uh, Lara and I are sometimes amused, and not to sound all sappy about it, but you know, it's, it's about finding somebody who finds the same things sort of interesting or funny that you do that maybe other people don't find the humor in or that they don't find compelling. And so, you know, Lara and I, will, we are both very amused sometimes by just either here or in other towns where you just sort of drive around and you just sort of take in, like, the feel or flavor of certain neighborhoods. And sometimes it's a really nice neighborhood, and you got to go, hey, check out this place. Sometimes it's, like, a terrible neighborhood, and that's amusing in its own way. Like, some, a neighborhood that is just flat-out flat bad can be just as, as fun to drive through as a neighborhood that is, you know, maybe more upscale. So... The other night we were looking, we were wanted dinner. We didn't know what we wanted, and we didn't want to go home and it, it cook there. So we we drove right up to the home of Fine Cuisine, 82nd. And so we go up to 82nd, and we start heading north on 82nd. So we're driving past like the TikTok, and like there's that new like the, the sort of the Asian community has sort of moved to 82nd from downtown. There's a huge sort of Asian uh, you know a con, uh, confluent or an influx of restaurants up there. But then it's like bingo halls, and then it's like pawn shops, and it just starts to get really sort of, you know, St. John'sy. Seedy. Yes. And uh, sort of driving, and, and then it, like the, the buildings are getting smaller, and like more paint peeling off the front, and you're seeing more and more uh, businesses where they don't even have a sign. It's like a crudely printed banner that they got from Kinko's that they've just stapled to the front. And right as we get to, I mean, really just like you're starting to see... We passed one hotel. I don't remember the name. We passed a hotel where, um, first of all, it was kind of cool. We passed a hotel on 82nd that the room rate, because they're like Motel 6, which for the longest time, Tom Bodette was like, it's around 28 bucks in most locations. But, you know, that even the Motel 6 on Powell now, 
It's got an electronic sign so they can change the rates from night to night. We passed this hotel on 82nd where literally it said $44 and it was like painted and nailed to the side. Like there was no change again. Like it was painted and nailed to the side of the building like 40 feet off the ground. Like you knew. With barbed wire around it. Yeah, that's, nobody would take it. Yeah, like that's, I mean, we felt pretty good. Like, you know what? If I ever have $44 and need a place to stay, I know that that place will serve my needs because that price ain't changing. But also, they actually, it was one of those places, the hotel was so great. It said like hotel whatever. And then it said vacancy, and then right underneath that it said, what was the big amenity that they featured? Phones. Like, like it was, it color was, TV it was, with all the letters in a different color. It did. It had that too. Okay. It had the old 50s, uh, like where the letters were all off kilter. It goes, color TV. But it said, like, phones in big letters, which is not like, you know, free long distance or, you know, in, in room internet access via the phone. No, just phones. Doors. So we, so we, occasional privacy. Um, so we drive by this hotel, but then on the right, we see this small kind of squat building that is like sort of like lavender or like lilac. And, and it's, again, it's got like the banner that is sort of like just glued to the front of the building. And we're driving by and we're like, what? And I, I do believe, um, and I apologize, I do believe it is what they refer to as a, a lingerie modeling uh, business. Mm-hmm. And I believe the place where they sell women's stockings. Uh, and I believe the thrust of the place is that you you go there and perhaps um, uh, women will show you what the lingerie looks like by modeling it for you. That's a good way to sell things. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, it is to sell many things, Tim. Mm-hmm. I believe yes, it is. Uh, so it's like being in the garment district of Portland. I do believe yes. So if you anyway, so we're driving by and we see the sign of the place, honeysuckles. But oh I but I God. do believe it was actually two words. I don't believe it was like honeysuckles, like the flower. I believe like a honeysuckle rose. I do believe it was like honeysuckles. Suckles and, is such a funny and, word. No, and my wife and I both at the same time. This is why I mean that we're like we really are perfect for each other because we looked at it and we like first of all we had both found the thing with the tele, with the hotel advertising phones as being hilarious and we both saw honeysuckles and at the same time it was sort of like a yeah like at this like we both sort of like scooted over to the left side of the car as far as we could. Anyway, fantastic. Here's Tim Riley, and then we'll take a break. Uh, health officials say they've collected several worms from a Milwaukee gym. The Clackamas County Health Department... One moment, please. There we go. Okay. That was the uh, Clackamas County Health Department, and the owner of Nelson's Nautilus confirmed there were worms in the men's locker room shower. A former member of the gym expected privacy in the shower, but ended up sharing the shower with creepy crawlies. Wait, worms like earthworms? Yes. Or worms like dog worms? Oh, I don't know. He, uh, earthworms, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, this has been going on for about three weeks. The Clackamas County Environmental Health Manager, yes, they have one, sent an inspector into the Milwaukee gym and collected worms. They may have gotten... Oh, people are eating, aren't they? So anyway... No, that's uh, fine. No, go ahead. So, uh, well, people don't want to eat some worms. Health officials say the worms may have gotten into the gym in a number of ways, including somebody's shoes. <laughs> they recommend regular cleaning and maintenance to keep out the worms. And also a better class of clientele. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, that's bad. You know, I was in your neighborhood over the weekend. And walking back to my car... You know, you just had sort of a, like an accusatory finger waving at me as you said that. You people! All right. So as I got out of my car when I went home, now, from where my car was parked to the residence I went, it was less than maybe 20 feet. Uh-huh. By the time I got home, when I got out of my car, I noticed several cigarette butts fell off the bottom of my <laughs> shoes. And they, well, they stuck to the blood. 
<laughs> Excellent. Well, we do try to make an impression in the Southeast, Tim. We like to have a distinctive, uh, a distinctive uh, taste and style, and that style is crushed menthols. Fantastic. Let's take a break now, and we'll come back. More from Tim Riley around the corner. Uh, later on, we got a uh, clergy watch coming up, uh, taser watch on the way, uh, and uh, so forth and uh, whatnot. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. You stay right there. Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Here's Tim Riley. Our casting call. This movie is being filmed in Pittsburgh. They're casting characters. They're looking for an albino-like girl and deformed people to, de- to uh, depict West Virginia mountain people. Regular-looking children need not apply. Uh, scenes evoke images of deliverance. Well, hold on. Are you done or are you still on that? I'm still on that. Okay, I want to make sure that we didn't move on before I talked about that. Uh, they clearly are not trying to create the image of a quaint homespun mountain family, said the assistant history professor of the University of West Virginia. Clearly, they're trying to establish this is a, no- a nation of hillbillies, or a state of hillbillies. The director of the West Virginia Film Office says it's unfortunate <laughs> they have to name a place like West Virginia as opposed to anywhere, USA. We have a rich heritage here in West Virginia and a strong cultural backbone. The reference to needing an albino or something along those lines is because we need a little girl who's different, says the casting director. There's also a granny who is a holler witch and does magical things. She's blind. And uh, let's see here. They're also looking for some deformed people also. <laughs> We, I'm sorry. The, I love the idea though. They're that looking I'm, for people with minimal muscle tone, long stringy hair, and a starved, ravaged appearance. Timmy Ryan, your future awaits. Your, your. They also need a thin man of any ethnicity who's missing both one, maybe one or both legs. No previous acting experience necessary. Excellent. But they, but they must look like the people of West Virginia. I do love the idea, by the way, that in West Virginia, which uh, that's a fairly white place, is it not? If you can tell, if you escape where all the crime, like the Appalachians, like the the hills of West Ar- uh, West Arkansas, the hills of West Virginia, yes. I do believe are an exceedingly white place. Yes, they are. So it's very it's very telling that when they need it, it read what read into this whatever you like. It is very telling that when they need somebody different looking, they they're, they're just looking for somebody even whiter. They they literally need an albino. What about a black person? You shut up! Don't ever say that again. Get us an albino. Get us somebody who's absolutely white. Um. All right, can you hand that story to me for a second? Because i got lots of questions. First of all, anybody know an albino? No. I've known two. I uh, saw one in powder. I, I don't think he was a real albino. Was he? Was that guy a real albino, the actor? Do you know? No. I don't remember what his no, name no, no. was. No, no, no. He's a famous actor. Well, I don't know. Who was his name's... Have I seen him in other things? Yeah. All right. Well, in any event, uh, I went to school with an albino girl. Both girls, actually. I went to school with an albino girl, uh, and then I don't really know her. This is sort of like that bearded lady thing. There is a there's a, a woman in Portland who is an albino, 
uh, who I used to take the bus with her every day. Um, when I was uh, when I was taking the bus, I would ride. Uh, I won't say what bus it was, but I would ride the bus, and she was usually there. Uh, and then later on, um, she was no longer riding the bus. But then I went to a, I went into a store around here, and she was working behind the counter at the store. And it was it was you know very clearly the same the same woman. But um, it's uh, it's uh, it's weird though that they would put out this thing where they're let's see. What they're looking for, let me make sure that I've got this. They are looking for uh, the albino, then men and women uh, for eight speaking roles, 30 extras, people with minimal muscle tone, long stringy hair, hair a starved, ravaged appearance, um, and a thin man of any ethnicity missing one or both legs. So my question is, I was wondering... You need acting experience, by the way. <laughs> so that's a good opportunity for somebody. Once you have a man with no legs, you never go back. Uh, the I always wonder how they cast for things like that. And Tim, while you do have your legs, uh, you have uh, much more experience in the Hollywood system than most people. So how is it? Like, is it, how do those ads read when they're looking for someone who is perhaps uh, I always use the Gilbert Grape woman, but someone who's you know huge? How well, they, they just go to central casting and every they have everybody on a computer. But I mean. They don't. They don't even have to go outside the system. Are there like when someone plays like the horribly ugly girl? Yeah, yeah well, like that's, that's my thing. So that's my question, I guess. Is so okay? There's the big fat woman. So everybody's on file. You, you just type in exactly what you're looking for, and it spits out results. So they don't have to say. They don't have to place an ad like needed huge no, woman. No. Uh, so there was casting registers everybody in town. Well, that's interesting. So that indicates it's been around since like the 1920s. That see, and I know almost nothing about the system. So this this is a great see. I love I love to learn stuff. So that indicates that like even really really like obese people in Hollywood are trying to be actors and they're on file somewhere. Yeah. Like they go and they go. I need a job, and they, they say, well, nothing now, but if something comes up, Mr. Huge Person, we'll get in touch. And then they keep them on a file. Mm -hmm. And when whoever goes in and says, look, I need the I need a big fat woman, they go to the card and like they look up you know body type or whatever. Mm -hmm. So. But that does raise, and Sarah then brings up an interesting uh, corollary to that question, which is, how do you suppose, like, how do they, how do they classify someone as being uh, unattractive, let's say, in a conventional sense? Like, I wonder how that database works. Like, by what standard? How? What? What does the? What does that person's card file say? Do you think? Like, if somebody goes into central casting, let's say me, uh, some hideous person goes in and says, "I'd like to be an actor," and they go, "Well." Okay, and you know, but I'm just all weird. Well, they take a headshot, and then your headshot pops up in your description. So they just—I mean, it goes by what you look like for the most part. So, but they don't have time to go through all of those headshots. So, do you suppose they put a little description that is then computerized somehow, so they can search like ugly folk, and then it just comes up? Well, a lot of times, what they what they do is they put the descriptions on phones, and you have a speed dial, and you check back several times a day to see if they're looking for your type, right. or you can hire somebody to make those calls for you. So my question is, I wonder if, I wonder if when, let's say, if I walk into Central Casting and they take a headshot of me, and then they put me on file, yeah. I wonder if the person who creates my file creates a secret, like unseen by almost everybody, little profile where it says, has big nose, thick glasses, pasty skin, not all that attractive, so that no more than likely I would say. Really? Okay. So then, so then if a guy comes in and Michael Bay comes in and he goes, look, I need a guy, big nose, pasty skin, thick glasses, not all that attractive, they go, hey, we got four people that meet that description. Right. Interesting. Yeah, because at one point I remember I had um, I had like short mid length sideburns, 
And I didn't, after I trimmed my sideburns, I didn't change my pictures. So when I was talking to somebody there, there one day, they go, you still don't have those sideburns, do you? And, of course not. No, no, no they've been gone for a long time. Of course I still have them when I go <laughs> into the Now, no. as an actor, did you keep your hair uh, longer than you normally would? No, you change your look several times. Is that true? Yeah. I See, I had always heard. See, this is, see I just don't know anything about anything. This, I had always figured you would keep your hair long onto the theory that you could always cut it if they needed it short, but if they needed it long, you wanted to be on your way there. Hair extensions. Oh, that's true. I guess they can get the get that. Yeah. All right. And people always give you bad advice. I don't listen to anybody. Yeah, see, and I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm talking. I'm, Rick Emerson is no roadmap. I know nothing. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, so a malfunctioning equipment black. An Alabama TV station broadcast of a 60-minute report suggesting that their imprisoned governor was the victim of a Republican conspiracy. After promoting the segment for days, WHNT-TV in Huntsville went black just as the report was about to air Sunday night. Uh, the screen was dark for a few moments before the station flashed a message uh, blaming the technical <laughs> glitch as the problem. The general manager said despite some unhappy viewers, the problem was caused by a malfunction receiver at the station. The receiver failed at the worst possible time. There was nothing I could do to make some people believe me. The station aired the uh, the tail end of the roughly 13-minute segment after it played. This is highly unusual, but CBS realized the situation. The station also uh, included a link to the 60-minute report on its website. The Democrat, who was the Alabama governor from 1999 to 2003, was convicted on six bribery-related and one obstruction of justice charge in 2006. He began serving a sentence of more than seven years. So, uh, well, it's Alabama. I love the idea, though, that possibly every time a political program is interrupted, it's a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. I, uh, in, in, uh, in talk radio, uh, this is a term that most people, a little, little shop talk. Uh, in talk radio, there's this thing that happens called sunspotting. And sunspots uh, happen when the... The sun gets spots. Yes, it's when the... It's when the sun, uh, when the sun uh, gets directly behind the satellite that is feeding a signal to Earth. Sort of like an eclipse, basically, where the sun and a satellite and uh, the Earth are all lined up. And when that happens, and it only happens for a few minutes every day, for a, a few days out of the year, and you always know when it's going to happen, and there's a, you know, there's a chart in, the, in a, you know, every talk radio station that tells you when the sunspots are going to happen. Um, but the sun overpowers the, the satellite's broadcast, and for a few minutes you get no signal. And every, you know, this, this has been happening forever. Forever, ever since there were satellites, you get sun sun outages every year. Um, but I was working as a this I was working as a PD years ago on a station that ran Rush Limbaugh, and of course Rush would air nine to noon, which is and the sunspots would happen at about eleven fifteen every day. And so for about four days in a row, Rush would go off the air. Uh, for about three minutes because of the sunspots. Again, a technical thing that happens every year to every single radio station that uses satellite programming. But, man, every single day, he'd be doing his, and finally, my friends, I let me just say that. <laughs> and then it would go dead. And immediately, the, the, the poor receptionist, she was talking, why are you taking Russia? Russia's being jammed by liberals. And they were just, they were convinced that someone had gone into the parking lot and, like, cut down the receiver dish, like, you know, to keep Rush from getting the truth out to the people. So, goddamn people are dumb. You bet. Thank goodness they are. It's true. It makes our job so much easier. We'd have no products to sell. Imagine if we. Imagine if there were only smart people. What would we? What would we? What would we sell them? <laughs> and I mean, honestly, what would we have to offer? What could we do? What would we talk about? What service could we possibly provide if everybody was smart? Jesus, I'd have nothing. It'd nothing. Be Twenty-four hours of Charlie Rose. <laughs> exactly. Totally. What kind of a country would this be? <laughs> no, no country for me, Tim Riley. Uh, 
Well, a Texas woman has been arrested for throwing egg salad at a Secret Service agent. Tracy Pershing attempted to cross a police barrier. Uh, it had been erected for the Barack Obama rally, but she was denied entry, prompting the alleged attack. Uh, Congressman Benny Thompson, the uh, chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee, brought in additional security for Obama in case incidents like this occur at other rallies. When political campaigns are really at a high point, when new players are involved, sometimes the weirdos come out. And what I wanted to do was to make sure that if the weirdos did come out, he would be protected. That would be like three-quarters of Texas. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. See previous conversation. A new CBS New York Times poll finds Barack Obama with a 16-point lead over Hillary Clinton. He's coming off 11 straight primary and victory uh, caucuses. He had the support of 54% of Democrats. And in the CBS News poll taking uh, three weeks ago, shortly after uh, Super Tuesday, Obama and Clinton were tied at 41%. And now in some other polls, I don't have it, but uh, he's also ahead of John McCain. Oh, yeah. Well, and, now, and now John McCain says, well, instead of staying in Iraq for 100 years, uh, it'll be over right away. Oh, Jesus. You know, a garden slug is going to be John McCain this fall. Yeah. Uh, John McCain will not be president. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The only way it'll happen is if, and I actually have said I suspect this, that the Republicans have something really bad on Obama, and they're just waiting out there in the tall grass for him, which I suppose is possible. That is, is from a strictly political point of view, that's why I think the, the Democrats are foolish to not go with Hillary. Unless they're wasting all their uh, their energy on Hillary. Well, that's or, or didn't come up with anything because they knew that they were no match for Hillary, so therefore there's nothing. The cupboard is bare. I mean, that might be it. I mean, it's just, it, you, I mean, I know that she's polarizing and, and divisive and so forth, but she's also clearly indestructible. That's yeah. the thing, she just can't be, she can't be gotten rid of. She's a walking death ray. She... <laughs> <laughs> really? I mean, she is. I mean, she's like one of those... You know what she is? Uh, I was going to say the Cloverfield monster, but she's not that. She's those tripods from the first War of the Worlds, where they call in, like, the huge strike, and then they're still there, and then uh, the priest is walking, in the name of Jesus! And the thing, like, wipes them out. Hillary is that. Hillary is the tripod from War of the Worlds. Also, she's the Cloverfield monster. But I love her. Uh, but she's just indestructible. I mean, she's hateful and hideous and full of bile, but, I mean, but she's great. So... Anyway, yeah, John, Why John, can American women do what American men are doing? I really, well, that's my thing, too, is that, I mean, she really just embodies all of the traits that have made American men successful over the years, where she's just backstabbing and ruthless and evil and conniving and horrible. I mean, she's really everything that American men have been at the top of the power structure forever, so God bless her. Uh, oh, by the way, this guy says, uh, it was 11.15 when I drove by the fire, and it appeared that multiple buildings were burning. The flames were 30 feet high, and as of now, I can still see smoke from my house, so... All right. His eyes is cleaned up by the time I go home. Usually uh, that air is clean. As long as it doesn't impact me or mine. Uh, let's see. Rick, there's a little boy in our Sunday school that is not just an albino, but a legally blind Chinese albino. Seeing an Asian albino really throws you, man, let me tell you. <laughs> okay. Um, and so forth. All right, here's Tim Riley. <clears throat> Come on. Enough is enough. Oh. Thank you. Thanks They're so debating much. tonight. I know. No, I'll watch it. I'll be at home like a retard sitting in front. My wife is gone uh, for another uh, five days. Cause she Which gets country in... is she in now? Orem. She's in the country of Utah, Tim. Orem. 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 Which is like the worst place on earth. I mean, really, however bad Panama may have been, what with sewage and no toilet paper and hideousness and whatever, it, it really is just like peach fuzz uh, compared to Orem. Uh, so she's gone for another five days. Uh, and so uh, so I'm just going to be all over the debate and I'll just be my ass will be on the sofa. Seventy one hundred American Starbucks stores are all closing down. Humanity. This is a three hour barista re education session. 
I would kill myself. I wouldn't be upset. Well, I don't think I'd kill myself. That's a little extreme. Um, but I would uh, I would be destroyed. It's the best. Yeah, how's anybody going to score Wednesday? You look so crazy. Look at that. Why? Because everyone needs this Starbucks. That's why Tom Likas exists. That woman right there. They close that it. woman you just heard. They close at 5.30. I'm devastated, actually. I need some counseling. <laughs> oh, God. Look, I love... You know what? I, I just got myself a cup of coffee right here. But, look, I hate to sound like... I hate to sound like your idiot uncle who thinks that he's being really funny when he says things like that, but it's just coffee. Just get over it. Go somewhere else. Jesus. I mean, I know... I Look, I like Starbucks, too. Glad it's there. Glad, g- glad that Starbucks exists because it brought gourmet coffee to the masses, and I don't mean that snarkily. It very, it very much is true. Jesus, go! There's gonna be another coffee shop 30 feet away. Shut your sniveling hole. Some even closer than that too. Jesus, I know. Twin, there's, there's one inside Fred Meyer, and then there's another one outside Fred Meyer, and they're separate stores. This is why no one takes us seriously. And they don't even share. The woman saying that she's gonna kill herself because Starbucks is closed. God damn. Boy, I mean, really, honestly, we really just are a nation of retards. Ugh. All right. Let's go to Roy, Utah, wherever that is. Oh, wait. I used to know where Roy, Utah was. Uh, I've forgotten that because it no longer matters to me or mine. Well, a 52-year-old man has been found dead this morning in Roy. Oh, it's a woman. Oh, oh. I, uh, I do know where Roy is. It's outside of, I think it's about 30 miles outside of Salt Lake. Her death is caused by sleepwalking. Uh, the police chief there, uh, Chief Greg Windham, said... Well, the woman uh, family was concerned about her behavior because she did this before. Well, she didn't die before. They describe her as having uh, this sleepwalking episodes or or not being alert while she's walking in the house. Uh, they des- they describe that as happening uh, in their home off. Okay. So she went for a walk at 3 this morning. Let me just say, here's why I know where Roy Utah is. Uh, more shop talk today. So those uh, who listen to a lot of radio or a lot of talk radio, you know, they've heard something called a legal ID, which you'll hear Sarah prompting me sometimes to give the legal. Legal ID is, that they, you know, on or around the top of the hour. you got to say your call letters followed by your city of license. Uh, for us, it is KCM. In fact, it is 1 o'clock. Hello, you are listening to KCMD Portland. Um, so, you know, it's supposed to do that once an hour and uh, just say the, the call letters in the, in the city. So we are at KCMD Portland, and sometimes you'll hear, you know, stations that are licensed to the other repeaters or in multiple cities or whatever. Um, we you don't need it. We have two 500-foot towers. Did you, you used to have? Did you ever have to do like a translator thing? No. Were you remember? Did you ever have to do that where it was like a long ass W2ZK is is KVGJ? It's all part of the big station. Yeah, I man, I forgot all about that until just now. Having to do a translator ID. Well, we don't have one. We don't need one. No, I can't even remember how those go. But um, anyway, but the, but the best legal ID I ever heard, um, which is a truly radio dork conversation, the best legal ID ever was from Roy, Utah. It was a station that had, uh, you know, the, the city of license. They were in Roy. And so the legal ID at the top of the hour was all this, like, big produced up piece where it was, like, this stoner guy calling the phone. And the guy answered, Rock 101. Uh, I, this is, this is Roy. What station am I listening to? You're listening to KCQR, Roy. Which, see, because the guy's name is Roy. I think it was KBER, actually. This is Roy. What station am I listening to? You're listening to KBER, Roy. Come on, that's funny. That's Roy? Craig Adams is laughing. Yeah. Roy, Utah. I think it was KBER that was Roy, Utah. doesn't matter. It's not that funny. Oh, I guess it wasn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. They can't I'm all be funny. to laugh. They can't all be funny. Sometimes you're just gonna just gonna whiff at it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
I'll just stand here. No, no, no. no. Sons of bitches. No, I'm just gonna sit here and wait for wait for more news. Are you waiting for me? Yes. Well, let's I... go to South Carolina, yeah. shall we? Okay, thanks. Who wants to go? <laughs> me. All right, we will. A West Columbia woman is out in bail after being arrested for allegedly leaving her three children alone to go out drinking. The county sheriff, James Metz, said it apparently is not the first time that Christina Wright has left her two, five, and nine-year-olds home alone while she went to paint the town red. That's what startled the children when they got up and found that mother wasn't there the next morning. She's probably left them in bed and been home prior to them awakening. And But this particular night, we believe she decided to spend the night with a boyfriend. Clear your throat. Jesus. Apparently, the nine-year-old took care of the two younger siblings while the mother was out drinking. The young man fed the children cold sausage for breakfast that morning. <sighs> wow. That sounds good. Oh, Jesus. Uh, all right. So uh, that's that. Boy, you know, uh, never mind. Everywhere I turn, ladies, just people who ought to be sterilized. You know what I mean? Just seriously, people ought to be held down and neutered. God damn. I gotta, uh, never mind. I shouldn't even say it. Never mind. Uh, bad behavior is being redefined in the second season of Oxygen's The Bad Girls Club. The show follows seven self-proclaimed bad girls living together in a Los Angeles mansion. Among them is Cordella. Uh, she shares why she thinks she's such a bad girl. I was just always in trouble. I was just always the girl in trouble, always, like, causing trouble. But I would usually get away with it, so that's why I was a bad girl. Here's a little thing that guys know to be true. Girls who identify themselves as bad girls aren't bad, interesting, amusing, entertaining, and they're certainly not going to put out for you. So, is this the Bad Girls Club? Yes, bad it is. Girl oh, that's the, from the, then that chick from Portland. Yeah, she yeah she's that, so girl, that girl from Jammin. Is that her? Whatever her name is. I was watching... You know, we've had this conversation. Tyra was on this morning. I was watching Little Tyra, and she uh, had all of them on today. I don't really think it's possible to watch a Little Tyra at this point. <laughs> no, she's slimmed down. She looks good. Uh huh. But um, that what's her name? Naveen or something? I don't know. I, I will say this, by the way, just before we do that. I, I will say, just for purposes of differentiation, because um, it's not like I'm familiar with Jammin or their lineup or whoever works there. Um, but there was um, a woman from Jammin who had been at that PDX Teen Idol thing that Scotty and I judged. And she was really nice, really just great and funny and, I mean, you know, hot and whatever. And I, but, but see, you know, again, I know, like, so little about Jammin'. Like, here's what I know about Jammin'. I don't know any, I don't even know who they're owned by. Uh, well, yeah, I do. But, I mean, I guess in terms of, like, their, their staff and their whatever, all I know about Jammin' is that it's like a reflex test to see how fast my hand can get to the radio. Like, if I get in the car, you're listening to Jammin'. <laughs> Gone. Welcome to the Playhouse. Yeah. No! No. Man, that girl just seems so evil, though. And, but so it's not her, is my point. So no. I, I, but this is another no, girl is who another, apparently is. Who I guess refused to talk to any Portland media about anything. I, I think even Jammin. I don't. I don't know. I just remember. I've, I've seen her on the show. Uh-huh. My God. She's um. She's a pretty girl. Is she really? She. Uh, she's a lovely she young lady. Is, is she only pretty on the outside? She is though, deeply Sarah? stupid. She's like this little <laughs> nattering like um, girl. Like there's this there's this big girl on there. Sorry, and then, the diagnosis is deep stupidity. There's this big girl on there, and then her and her other and this other girl do whatever this other girl says. It's basically like watching high school. Right. And she's just like little like and they're just like pulling girls' hair and. And it's not sexy either. It's not no. a sexy hair pulling. It's just a bunch of stupid drunk girls like yeah. punching each other. No, and like I said, here's here's the the, the and I maybe this goes for and guys I'm not too. You it's not a good show. It's a great show. 
Okay, well, fair it's enough. the crappiest thing ever, and you just can't look away. It's just one of those things where, and maybe it goes goes for guys, too, um, but it's like I said, how guy, you know, when you ask a guy, what are you doing? Living the dream. You know, and I always said that you know, the guy who says he's living the dream is living no dream. No one hates his life more than a guy who says he's living the dream. Um, but a girl who describes herself as being like a bad girl, that's a girl who is not nearly as interesting or as edgy or as wild as she thinks she is. Uh, and that's a girl who will never do you, by the way. So I, I may hate to be all Tom about it, but really, you know, we all know that's true. Because we've all known girls that just that really were like self-styled bad girls and it's just really honestly and it's like it's like being around like an intelligent white dwarf it's like it, you can just feel it peeling the IQ points off your brain to talk to them so stay away here's Tim Riley don't let it happen again no oh i have one of those multiple IDs for you you want to hear it The home of the morning waking crew, 975 WOKQ, Dover, Rochester, Portsmouth, 979 W250AV, Manchester, downtown, the North Country's official station for the New England Patriots, 103 Longest ID ever, WKQ, North Conway, all plays <laughs> the You know, it's it's good enough that radio's bad everywhere, that it's not just here. Everyone, it takes four stations to make one sale. Every, <laughs> look, we cover 100,000 zip codes. Please give us a buy. The, uh, Jesus. I mean, really, no matter where you go in this damn country, it's the same production package and the same. That's why, look, not to be all about the glory of us, um, but that's why I, uh, I really like the way that, uh, like, the guy who does our voice work, um, it, that he just doesn't sound like another one of those guys that's talking about your station like this. I mean, that was like the old when I when I started redoing the imaging for the station a couple of years ago. That was like the only my own like my one thing was not to get that guy because that guy is on every station and he only has variations on that one delivery. So Jesus, okay, that's funny. Well done. I try. Anyway, let's talk about uh, El John was on Larry King last night. And looks like Mrs. Doubtfire now. Did he have that? Uh, now here's the, I wonder about Elton John's hair a lot because first of all, I think it was Sarah that asked this question actually because I, I make no bones about this about having the medical hair restoration done. Uh, one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life, and I say that uh, simply because it's true. It looks very dashing. It does. You know what? I'm a. I gotta tell you, and you know because it grows in so like over about eight months. I mean they, they don't lie to you, but they're like, look, it's gonna be like a year before it's in. But you'll thank us. Um, I was there and I saw the before and after. Like, he held a mirror above my head, and he showed me the before photo. It's like night and freaking day. Um, but, like, Elton John, I, I, like, when you see a guy like that who clearly wears, a, like, a procession of bad rugs, you're just like, dude, you've, you've got more money than God. Get yourself some hair. Mm. What is that? I mean, and I don't think with Elton John, he is a very stylish man, obviously very image conscious. He's been very theatrical and flamboyant. I don't think the various hair pieces he wears are, like, part of... Like, I don't think he wears hair pieces because it's like because he wants to be able to mix and match. I, I think that he hates being bald, and for some reason he won't just go get himself some hair. So did he have the one that was like orange and like a faux hawk? Yeah, it was really weird. That's the one I saw him with the other night. It was like an orange faux hawk toupee. He told Larry about his performing abilities now as compared to what they were 25 years ago. Oh, hang on a minute here. Yes, he uh, spoke with uh, Larry King and uh, said the following. Yeah, I think I'm a better singer now. Um, I'm not so agile on stage and I don't do so many flamboyant things. Um, but I think I'm a better musician. 
Elton John. <laughs> it's like you can barely even be bothered to open your mouth all the way to close out that segment. There he is. <laughs> this is just some, nothing to say on that. Is that the end of our Elton John? Uh, I believe clip? so. Uh, you know, I do have to check, actually. I'm really torn about whether I would want to see Elton John when I go to Vegas. I mean, I love Elton John and all, because it's like, you know, I'm an American, so you kind of have to. Like, it's a rule. You have to like Elton John. I just don't know My if I like... doesn't like Elton John. Really? Now, does she just you. not care, or does she hate him? No, she went. She saved up all of her money when her and my dad were younger, and they went to go see him uh, like perform. And somebody said something during one of his songs, and he got all snooty, and he's like, you know what? Because you did that, I'm not going to play um, the Yellow Brick Road song. That's hard to believe. Yeah, and he just threw a little temper tantrum and then walked off the stage, and well, my mom has hated him ever since. He is... Um... He can be a little. He can be a little tempestuous sometimes. Have you ever seen that documentary? No. Tantrums and tiaras. No, but his, it sounds um, awesome. His partner made it. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, his partner, I guess now husband made it, and it's. It really is great. I mean, it's kind of like an all-access thing. Like there was no editing, which I think is only the only reason the guy got away with it is because he, you know, he at the time was his longtime partner, and I think there was like an understanding that like you will not edit this, and I only, I'm only going to film it if you let me. Because it's like, you can watch like Madonna's Truth or Dare, which is good, but you can sense how much Madonna had a hand in molding Truth or Dare, which at the time was peddled as being a sort of, you know, like Madonna, you know, the unedited, unvarnished, the material girl, like you've never seen her. And it was like, but it was clearly like everything there was Madonna just like structured. It, it was like a, you know, like a Blair Witch thing where it was supposed to be authentic, but she clearly designed it to look a certain way. Um... This documentary about Elton John, he's really just a bastard. You can, I mean, I love him, but he's just, he clearly, he's just, just a dick. So, um, but, uh, okay, here we go. So, uh, Elton John <clears throat> at Caesar's Palace. My wife was really bummed out that we're going to miss uh, Bette Midler. So, by a week. That's what sucks. Missing Bette Midler by a week. So, I'm going to see how much it would cost me to see, uh, let's see, Elton John, Caesar's Palace. Um, let's see. It begins, um, let's see. It begins uh, Wednesday, March 19th. Tickets start at one hundred dollars. I just, I don't, I just don't know that I can do that. I don't think I care that much. All right, you know what? I think I'll spend more time at the El Cortez five dollar blackjack table. Here's Tim Riley. Here's uh, another performer that uh, apparently the phones are ringing off the hook for tickets to uh, see the crazy Pope, who's uh, coming to Washington D.C. But people are calling in me from California. We just got a request. Can you just two more tickets? Just two more tickets for California, please. Uh, 120 Catholic Archdiocese across the U.S. are uh, trying to sell tickets, apparently. Wait, to what? Uh, the Pope is coming to visit at the new National Bar Park in Washington, D.C., April 17th. Oh, the new evil Pope. Yeah. You get the feeling that Pope John Paul II was the last really popular Pope. I mean, the, 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 I mean, the going forward. I like the dead guy, too. The first one? Pope John Paul I? Yeah. The one that lasted like a day? Yeah. Why? Thanks so much for making me Pope... It was, like, it was like, literally, they burned the smoke and then had to start burning the smoke all over again. Make sure you don't clear the windpipe. <laughs> no, no, leave the dentures in. Your Holiness? No, we're here to size the robes. Your Holiness? Hello? John? Uh, we're here to spray for bed bugs. <laughs> um, ah, Pope death. So, uh, Pope John Paul II was, I mean... I mean, you know, I guess he had a certain kind of style. You got to get up with the fact that he went to that he went to visit the guy who shot him. Yeah. That guy, uh, whoever that guy was, that he shot him right in the chest or whatever. And Pope John Paul II went, well, it's okay. You know, I mean, that's that's a certain kind of a uh, certain kind of elan right there. I mean, but, he served slumped over in a chair for like two dozen years, and people didn't know if he was awake or asleep. He was sort of like Hillary Clinton. He just wouldn't He's really leave. vibrant. Wouldn't go. Wouldn't go away. 
And he did give us, let's be honest, the Pope did give us many, many years of comedy there at the end. He did give us endless sitting there looking like a bowl of dried fruit and nuts. Uh, he did uh, He did provide laughs for the people, and really, we need that in this time. So, uh, no, I think from that, I don't think we're going to see another really popular Pope. Did you read that story the other day that said a full uh, one quarter, and I think it's much higher than that, one quarter of Americans have left their birth religion? Yeah. And And that's only people who have flat out left, like have actively said... No, I am no longer Catholic. I am not Protestant. I'm now whatever. That's not counting like everybody else who just like calls themselves something but doesn't really ever go to church anymore. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Uh, speaking of the current Pope, treasure hunters have dug up Hitler's gold. At least they, they're trying to. They saved Hitler's gold. Uh, digging has resumed at the site in southeastern Germany where treasure hunters believe almost two tons of Nazi gold and possibly clues to the whereabouts of the legendary Ember Room uh, that was something stolen from the uh, Russians in the castle during World War II. Could be underground. They already hit a hollow area under the surface. It's filled with water, and they're not sure if that's the cave they're looking for. Digging was stopped for more than a week amid safety concerns, but they're going to keep looking. Uh, precious metal, it could be gold or silver, so uh, they're going to find out what this is. They're certain that large parts of the amber room are buried somewhere. Uh, the Nazis began bringing valuables of art, gold, and silver to the region around... The summer of 1944, when all was just about lost. And then all the stuff disappeared. So uh, treasure hunters have typically received rewards of 10% of the value of the goods they find. Weird. And the Germans sold all kinds of things that nobody found before. Oh, no. They just... Uh, the, the Germans and the Vatican. Yeah. I mean, really, there's two things that... There's something that Nazis and, uh, and the Catholic Church have in common. Mm -hmm. Actually... Actually, more. I mean, both of them... Both of them effectively turned their back on Jews during the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. And both of them stole... All kinds of artwork. Yeah. I mean, both of them, I mean, the Catholic Church and the Nazis both just filled up, I mean, warehouses uh, full of stuff that they just took from other people. And in the Catholic Church, it was, I mean, this has never really been proven, but it's the sort of thing that I just in my bones believe to be true, because of course it is, that the, that the Vatican has, the Vatican has long been said, and I just instinctively believe this, that the Vatican has um, one of the world's largest collections of pornography. Yeah, because be, because of no one you know of course no one is more obsessed with sex than somebody who wants to see it stamped out everywhere uh and i mean we we have learned that uh, the catholic repression of sex does sort of seem to find uh, odd outlets sometimes uh but apparently the vatican is just a huge like a warehouse somewhere that's just nothing of like you know it's just nothing like skin magazines and dvds or whatever so uh let's see here hi you're on the rick emerson show hello how you doing what's up um, you have an obsession with Pietro's Pizza, right? Not an obsession, but it is one of the world's finest pizza, in my opinion, I'm saying for me. One of the great pizzas of my lifetime. And the only reason I really talk about it a lot is because every year one of those goes out of business. And so now, you know, there's really only a handful of Pietro's left. Okay. Well, I was, like, driving to a job interview, and I look up to my right on Main Street in Milwaukee, right by the underpass or whatever. And bam, a big old stripe of Pietro's Pizza next to the Kellogg Bowling Area, whatever the heck it is. Yeah, that's the one that's got the big oval, skinny oval sign up front, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, there's that one. There's one in Hood River. Uh, and then there was one in St. John's, which I think has gone away. Uh, huh. and I, we have this conversation about every three months, and somebody always points one out that I've missed. But but the two that I know of are that one, yeah, that one right there that you just mentioned, not any of you ever passed. And then there's one in, in, in Hood River. Uh, right, now, right across the street from an exotic pet store. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, have you eaten there, sir? No, I haven't. I'm sitting outside actually contemplating if I should go grab a slice or not. Well, here's the thing about that Pietro's, and you're probably safe right now, but they have, it's like the last desperate grab for cash 
and financial solvency. They have turned it into a like a one of those restaurants that is kind of kid targeted, where it's a lot of like I think redemption games, you know, like ticket games, and and yeah, a lot of no then. Well, no, no, no. But I'm saying it's but I'm saying it's like one o'clock on a Tuesday, so you're probably safe. This is the time to go. Is my point. Like if you go there oh. at, at at night or on a weekend, it's a lot of kid birthday parties. Yeah, but, I've been doing enough of those lately. So this, though, is your chance, probably your best chance, right in the middle of the day, during the week while school is in session. This is your chance to go in and have a kid-free lunch, sir. Also, have you noticed all the old people out here? Out where? Out in Milwaukee. Is uh, that common? I, well, it's not a gathering spot for young people on the way up. I was just going to say, I don't think anybody really dreams of moving there. I did. Honey, let's save up so it's we can a, start our new life in Milwaukee. The Hollywood of Plaquemines County. <laughs> I stopped to go get some gas, and I'm like sitting there for 45 minutes as this old guy is trying to help three guys out. And I mean, you know, God bless him. He's too old to be working, and he still is. But, like, and I turn around, and it's just like all these old people. And I'm like, man, I'm out in the middle of the day. I should be at work. This sucks. Uh, maybe they're not really old. Maybe it's just that living in Milwaukee has sucked out their life force. <laughs> maybe they're aging exponentially. It's like a whole Dorian Gray thing. Um, so, yeah, do yourself a favor, though. And look, I haven't been there in a long time, so I won't make any promises. But this is your best chance to go in there and grab. I mean, I always just kind of get the standard pepperoni there, but uh, it's they got a great crust. And if they haven't changed it, they've had a great kind of pepperoni they use. And they cook it just enough so that it kind of curls up and just chars a little bit of the edges. It's very good. All right, I'll walk in and see if they got a got right. a slice because yeah. I ain't trying to stuff myself with a full pizza. No, I think they sell like a little individual pizza too. You might want to go with that, sir. All right, I'll All try right. that then. Thank you, my Have friend. Have a good one. There you Bye. go. Thank you. Yeah, Pietro's is really, I mean, it's one of the finest pizzas I've ever had in my life, and sadly, just sort of seems to be going away. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Rick, thanks for picking up my call. Hey, quick Pietro story, and then I need to talk to you about Elton John for just a split second. Of course you do. Uh, Pietro's out on Gosh Foster Road many many years ago. Maybe you didn't live here then. Um, my wife and myself and another couple were there. We put in our order. We waited. Number 64, great. Okay, our pizza's up. We came out. Two giant pepperoni pizzas. They were delicious. Yeah. While we were sitting there eating them, um, they called our number again, went back up. Two more giant pepperoni pizzas. We finished off four of them that night when we lived in southeast out in Lads Edition. Anyway, funny little Pietro story. Thank On you. Elton John. Yeah. You are a longtime rock fan like me. I'm older than you are, quite a bit older than you are. In fact, Sarah, I'm a graduate of Washington State University, class of 74, broadcast, 33 years in the broadcast industry, currently looking for a job. Of course. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, that's, that's what you have to look forward to. Um, Sarah, go back to nursing school. Go back to nursing school. Um, uh, Elton John, I saw him in 73, a year when I probably saw 30 live concerts. You know, saw him at the Portland Coliseum. It was pandemonium. He was coked up. He was drunk. He was he was hilariously fantastic in every way. The crowd was it was pandemonium. It was you know everyone screaming at the top of their lungs. I saw him a year ago in the Rose Garden. A fat old man. In '73 he rocked. Last year he's going through the motions. As is every rock star who's 35 years older than when they rocked. You know I saw Chips enough at. Just show that you guys sponsored. I was you know, there. We were there. Yeah. It was a it was a weird show. It freaked me out because you know what? When I'm together with people that I haven't seen for 20 years, I am amazed at how little I have changed. But the world, everything about it. I've always said that rock stars should never quit their substances, as evidenced by you know um, Elton John. Um, Pete Townsend, God, the Who in '76 in the Portland Coliseum—they were amazing. 
And now they stand there on stage, you know, hey, everybody has to deal with substances, but rock stars should not quit until they are done playing music. Uh, well, you know, it's like I said about Jimmy Page. You know, doing heroin was fine. It's when he quit heroin that it all kind of hit him at once. Like he aged about 50 years in three weeks. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, love the show. Thanks for taking the call, Sarah. Go to nursing school. All right, bye. Thank you. What's with the nursing school thing? Well, there's always yeah, going to be people. Have I ever expressed interest in nursing school? No, but you've expressed interest in being able to pay your rent. That's so. true. <laughs> there are always going to be people dying, Sarah. Uh, That's a, that is also a growth industry. He was very angry. Well, sounds like he, uh, and I can identify with it, sounds like he uh, maybe does not necessarily have a, a, a regular outlet. Do you his, think maybe he went to musings. nursing school and had like a, a great experience there and that's why he wants me to go? I don't know the answer to that. So, all right. Uh, blah, 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 what, Elton John. All right, let's quickly go, let's go around the room and ask this question. Sarah, two people, uh, because I know one of them got Bob Dylan. If you could go back, uh, and see, uh, any, uh, let's say mainstream musical performer, you know, meaning like not Beethoven, mm -hmm. uh, any performer in their prime, who would it be? I know exactly what it would be. It would be Pink Floyd. Oh, yeah. I would Good love one. to see The Wall live. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just I can't even watch videos of it on YouTube because it makes yeah. me so frustrated. Did I ever lend you my documentary about the staging of The Wall concerts? No. Oh, it's mind-blowing. It'll make you so angry. You almost don't want to watch it. Yeah, that's... that's I, I couldn't you're even like, watch half of the videos. I'm like, yeah. this is the neatest thing I've ever seen. And no one does that. Know. No one's ever done anything like that, ever. Mm. Tim Riley? Freddie Mercury. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good one. Yeah. And now they're trying to the pawn off Mika as the new Freddie Mercury, and he just doesn't have it. Who? Mika. Who's he's, he's the new Freddie Mercury wannabe in Britain. But he's oh, not oh, wait, no, 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 I've heard of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. His videos are on the YouTube. Yeah, and then and well, he looks like him kind of. And then of course Queen is doing that thing where they tour with Paul Rogers from mm -hmm. Bad Company, who's like the worst not possible. The same. Jesus, well, and I like Paul Rogers. Paul Rogers, we did that top five, but the top five guys who should have replaced Freddie Mercury and Queen if they had to do it. Uh, and Paul Rogers is not that guy. So no, absolutely Queen, good. You know, I might actually, I might actually say Queen because for me. Uh, I mean, I've seen Kiss now, which is more or less the same thing. Um, uh, maybe Zeppelin. I, I hate to be so predictable and just and just say uh, just say Zeppelin. And you can but, see Bowie, but he's still around, just as good as ever. Yeah, I've that's seen Bowie. He's, and see, he's still he's like Kiss. He's Someone still he doing yeah, a big too. great show. Uh, I don't think I'd even say Alice Cooper because again, he's still out there doing a, largely the same show, very theatrical, very you know, whatever. Um, I think yeah, I, I think I think I might have to say. Uh, I think I might have to say Zeppelin just because nobody else, nobody else really comes to mind. But I, man, Freddie Mercury though, seeing Queen with Freddie Mercury's, that'd be a close second probably. <clears throat> All right, I mean it's too cliche to say like the Beatles or whatever, but I, but uh, boy, that really would be. It's and it, you know, I really was just born just so late for some of that. Just born way, way too. Maybe the Ramones when they first started out, you know, before because like by the time I saw the Ramones. God, I love the Ramones. I always will. But I saw the Ramones on their final tour, on the Audios Amigos tour, and just not going through the motions. I mean, it was still good, but I mean, you could. They all hated each other at that point, and it was like Joey and Johnny. You know, they entered the stage at separate, you know, ends. They exited at separate ends. They wouldn't talk to each other during the show. Like half the band members were gone. It was like Johnny and Joey and like two other guys. <clears throat> but I mean, to go back and sort of see the Ramones, maybe in like '78, '79, that'd be uh, that'd be pretty amazing. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. We'll do a couple more, and we'll take a break here at the bottom. Hi, Cameracast is an amazing website today. You can uh, rat on your neighbors. It's called RottenNeighbor.com. Sweet. And put it, you know, your neighborhood address and see what they're saying about you. 
or write comments about your neighbor. Okay. Go on there right now. Well, there's Me a link too. to it on my website. Okay, Riley so Live. So is it Rotten Neighbor, no dash or Let's just go to Riley Live so we drive up Tim's web hits. Well, you can. It's RottenNeighbor.com. Riley Live. So you can put your address in around you and see what they're saying about you. Okay, can I just talk to you about my neighbor? And here's the thing is I... Mine's probably going to be with my, when I had the crackhead living above me. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm reading one here that Maybe says, they think it was you. A woman lives with her 73-year-old mother. She has a 13-year-old daughter who runs the streets at night to her crack houses. We do not want this trash in our neighborhood. Uh, all her daughters steal from department store so the mother can return the items for cash and get her crack. Unreal. <laughs> Jeez. A lot of crack observations. Let's see here. Well, you know, here's my thing is, so put in your address. I do believe that my hot next-door neighbor, Megan, moved away. Maybe she just changed cars. But I know that she was planning on moving to New York, and then, but that didn't happen, though. She oh, no? ended up not moving to New York. She ended up staying, but I, do, I think she moved regardless. I think she moved somewhere else in Portland. So, uh, yeah, so my lovely buxom next-door neighbor has gone away. I don't know who lives there now, but I will say this. Look, I know that I've talked about this business community trash cans before, where I got two trash cans in front of my house. And, every, and I, I do believe the deal, though, as somebody told me, and Tim, you're a slumlord, you might know this, mm-hmm. because I live in what many people believe to be a duplex. But the point is, it's two structures owned by the same guy. The landlord, for me, is also the landlord for my next-door neighbors. Mm-hmm. And somebody told me that it costs him an additional fee to get garbage pickup at two locations. Because I asked, because long story short, because my neighbor was dumping a bunch of trash in what I thought were our trash cans. And I finally had this awkward thing where I said, hey, you know, um, do you have your own trash cans? Not a big deal, but I, I just, you know, I didn't know if one of these should be in front of your house because I know that you've been putting some stuff in our cans, which is fine. But if we have communal trash cans, I can move them to where they're between the two houses. I was trying to be very passive about it. Um, and the, the explanation I got was that you have to pay a fee to the city for every address that they pick trash up from. And so that the landlord, to save money, has just given my house as the one trash pickup. So then my next-door neighbors use my cans as well, so he can save, so the landlord can save a little money in the trash pickup. Oh, that's a good Does idea. Does that sound true? Does that sound like a thing that's true? It might be. All right. So, But I'm, I'm kind of, <clears throat> to my tenants, I let them have as many trash cans as they desire. Well, so here's my thing. So I understand that my neighbors and I are sharing the trash cans. That's fine. But I don't know what goes on in the house next door to me. Um... But uh, uh, it's not just that they're putting trash... Uh, look, I'm just going to come out and say it. I walked out of my house the other day, and by my trash cans, the trash cans themselves are full, the recycling bin is full, and there are five, count to them, five big, huge, clear plastic trash bags full of, like, schmutz sitting on my curb. Five. I mean, and they've been taken away by now, but, I mean, for, like, four days they were there. That's weird. And so my question is, what are you doing in your home that's generating five plastic bags full of trash, Dexter? I just don't understand what, where that's coming from. So, all right. So I'm, I put my address in here. I guess so. I, see, I'm looking at something in Mitchell, Oregon, wherever that is. Mitchell. On uh, Rosenbaum Street. This is a German non-citizen. She hates America, and the town hates her. Oh, that's so great. See, I can't find anything. I put in mine and... Here's one. Accused rapist. Oh, right below that. Drug mother. This is wonderful. I'm going to spend forever here. All right, let's see here. Somebody's saying something about me. Let's find out. I believe... Oh, there are no comments about me. That's good. There's a view of my home, but it doesn't look like there are any... Uh, doesn't look like there are any comments about me. A mean old lady with no life. <laughs> this woman has nothing better to as do than... To, as opposed to the person who spends their time on a website complaining about her. They got a big life. She has nothing better to do than to yell at myself and my family. She thinks uh-huh. she owns a block. She tries to get us in trouble with the police city hall. You name it, she's trying it. This woman has no life. 
She's hateful and nasty. Uh, Even does things to little kids. Psycho. Now it's really sad. Is there a way I can just search Portland, like just to see what people in Portland? That's what I put in. So, like, I search Portland, then I click on little red houses, right? Okay. Lonely, grumpy, angry single woman likes to torture the neighbors by complaining about anything she can think of. Hmm. Oh. Uh, Let's see here. Smelling cats. Twenty eighth and Woodward. I know exactly where that is too. Stay away from her. Yeah, she can say I know. I know. Twenty eighth and Woodward. Can I tell you this? 28th and Woodward, I won't be any more specific. 28th and Woodward, Terry from the street team and I went to that intersection uh, last time we did our little door-to-door campaign. Oh, yeah? 28th and Woodward. So They shot fireworks at me. Okay, I don't know. I guess you have to experiment with it for a yeah, while. I put in Portland, Oregon, and I'm seeing the map, but I'm not seeing any. Uh, so I guess you got to pick houses or something. Yeah, All so right, so I put in Portland, Oregon, and then you uh, drive around. Yes, yeah, so, so move it around when you see a red house. You click on it. Oh, and that means there's been comments put in about yeah. that house. She needs to go to jail. She'll yeah. steal your items and sell them for profit. <laughs> uh, she won't pay you your portion, and if she does, the check will bounce. That's wonderful. I love the Internet. She doesn't pay taxes. I see. Please send her to jail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's so great. Oh, wait. There we go. There's a red house. All right. Hold on. Clicking on a house right now. This rental management company is the worst. They, they can never mack up their mind on how a rental prop should be run. It will be the last one I would ever recommend. This is dull. This is just Okay, look at this. This one's titled, them. The Worst Person in Existence on Northeast 41st <laughs> Avenue. In an apartment in this building dwells the worst person to ever exist, ever. <laughs> Combine the evil of Charles Manson, the, re- <laughs> the reasoning power of Corky, <laughs> and throw in a dash of senseless entitlement that stinks like a rotten fart. That is she. Okay. Whoever wrote that is one of our listeners, I will guarantee you. That scream is one of our audience members. Where is that again? The worst person <laughs> Never existed. <laughs> On Northeast 41st. <laughs> Let's visit there today. Jesus. All right. Um. All right. Let's see. Is this uh? Okay. Well, let's. I'm trying to find one now. See, now it's now it's addicting. Now I gotta find one more. <laughs> now I uh, gotta find one more. I mean, well, yeah, because this one I found isn't. I wanna find that one. I'm looking for the Holy Grail. <laughs> this one I found was just somebody bitching about their rental company. Uh, let's Nothing see here. Know about that? I no. Was a renter. No. <laughs> let's see here. Um. I bet that we're going to see a big spike in these after today, though. You know what I mean? Um, I bet if we go, I bet if we check back in 24 hours, we're going to see many, many more comments. Uh, well, my neighborhood appears to be largely free of complaint. Well, they're very sporadic. Yeah. Let's see. I wonder if I wonder what part of Portland gets the most complaints. I wonder if, on the one hand, it might be southeast because you know it's hideous. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, on the other hand, if it might be, let's say, oh, I don't know, Tim's neighborhood, where people maybe have uh I checked my whole neighborhood. There's nothing there. You don't think... That, see, I would think the people in your neighborhood would be irritated more easily. People in my neighborhood have learned to exist with almost anything. Fire trucks roaring by, gunshots, theft. Oh, we have an office that deals with complaints. We have people for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's see. Well, let me look in... Uh... So, probably it's relatively new in Portland, so there isn't much in there. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I can't rest until I find one more. My thirst for complaints must be satiated. Uh, let's see. That one that Sarah found is just gold. I know. I, I I think we really did peak. The with that worst one. person in existence. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got nothing. All right. Well, okay. So, uh, if you would like to complain about one of your neighbors, uh, you can go to uh, rotten. What is it? Rottenneighbor.com. Yeah. Because it's, it's. I'm just seeing it framed within your site, so I'm not. Uh, rottenneighbor.com. 
uh, is this web uh, this website. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna spend I'm gonna spend the next break searching for a searching for another house. That's fantastic. Uh, I don't know what qualifies as abuse to yell at a child all day. I want to call someone to get it to stop. What kind of a person yells at a four year old for an hour at a time with thirty minute breaks in between? Okay. That's weird. Now, what does a greenhouse mean? Oh, I don't. Maybe know. a good review. I don't want to read that. Who would write a good review of something? That's stupid. The Somebody about themselves. I am wonderful. Mm-hmm. There is a really nice owner that owns this house. He actually let me borrow some of the land from the apartments. Now, this is oh, I should do that for one of my properties. <laughs> this is a fantastic there place to live. There are a ton of them in Northwest, of course. Any rent would be reasonable at this fine, <laughs> this fine location. Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to uh, search one more grid, and then I'm going to give up. You should go to Northwest Portland. Are there lots of complaints in Northwest Religious Portland? Religious occult. This house is occupied by a chapter of the... Theosophical Society, which isn't a cult. It has odd comings and goings by hostile members, and no one actually lives there. It's an occult? An occult. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. That's uh, a 23rd and Kearney. See, if only I knew, if only I knew how uh, directions worked here. All right, let's see. All right, so other side of the river. So you know you can put the hand and you can move it around. Oh, wait. Oh, 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 really? Oh, is that true? Yeah, oh, so I didn't so know so that. Easier. I thought I just had to use the arrows. All right. Just whiling away many hours of precious broadcasting time. That's okay. It's really... See, you're finding all the good ones. I'm jealous. I know. You're totally trying to top it. And you I can't. Know, I'm trying to top the worst person ever to have existed. <laughs> I think we may have uh, really reached a pinnacle of some kind with that one. Let's see. So I'm looking... Oh, wait. Oh, there's two together. Oh. All right. Hold on. Oh, there's four. Where's the green house? Scary dog-hating stalker. <laughs> Even if you pick up your dog's leavings immediately, uh, this kook comes out of the house to scream and threaten you. Another time he followed my kid for blocks to my house and then verbally assaulted and threatened him, including saying, I know where you live, kid. Very, very creepy guy. Totally creepy. That's completely creepy. And I like the fact that I now know exactly where he lives. Oh, boy, we should totally tip off Carl Click about this. Don't you think this is a K2 story in the yeah, making? that's where I stole it from. Oh, really? Were they, did they already Carl have Carl Click had this on at 5 o'clock this morning, and he had people knocking on doors of these places. But you know what? Carl look at, look at how our minds all work alike. Yours, mine, Carl Click's. Uh, fantastic. Did they, did they go to a house? Yeah, a couple of them. Sir, do you know that you're the worst person who's ever existed? Mm-hmm. All right. And well, one lady slammed the door in his face. Really? Yeah. Did she prove that she was, in fact, awful? Excellent. And then people were complaining about uh, uh, ugly-looking paint jobs on homes, and they were showing them. Excellent. So, yes, I did steal this from K2 Car Click. I do admit when I steal things. But you guys do good things. Oh, wait. Here's okay. Here's another one. Okay. I know I said I was going to quit, but here's one more. Then we have to break because it's like it's Oh, forever. my gosh. I know. Really. All right. Here's I got to read this one more, though. This is from a house. Uh, I won't give you the address, but this is from a house. Let's see. On Lovejoy. Manager is a flake. <laughs> <clears throat> Manager plays on personal computer all day and looks at offensive pictures. <laughs> Manager won't call the police when a car was being stolen in the parking lot. He told me that's what they deserve for buying a new car. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. Helps himself to whatever is loose or unlocked in the storage area. Manager hogs eight storage units and tells tenants that no units are available. Um, Manager tells other tenant, uh, tells other tenants what people in the building earn. Um, Manager could never even rent an apartment in his own building because of his bad credit, yet he manages the building. Manager threatens to ruin the credit of tenants he doesn't like. Manager doesn't do his job during business hours and leaves a note that he is at the store for the whole day. This happens constantly. Oh, that's wonderful. Fantastic. Somebody, 
wrote one all about, do you know the old clown house in Northeast? Yeah. Somebody wrote one about the um, the clown house. What does it say? It terrifies my child. Uh, let's see. It is evil. Damn it, it just cut it off. Well, oh. you know what? We'll never know. Because it was like, no more bongos all day. No more <laughs> vans blocking the intersection. All right. Let's do these calls, then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. I was going to uh, comment on the uh, the uh, group I would have wanted to see in the prime because they're taking such a fall, long fall. That would be Metallica. Oh, dude, yeah. And I didn't see them. I didn't see them in their... Hello? Hi. You're breathing... Hello? You're... Sorry, I think my phone's cut now. Sorry about that. Yeah, okay. Let's just take a break now. I are on the Rick Emerson show. Uh, no, you know, uh, okay, never mind. Let's just pull the pull the rip card of that right now. Back after this, uh, it's 503-733-2978. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We return around the corner. More from uh, Tim Riley, plus uh, a science question. And Paul Anka goes insane. Say that to the Rick Emerson Show. Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. I got a little, uh, it's not really Arrested Development News. It's like a little bit of a, sort of an observation about the Arrested Development movie. You'll like it, though. laughing and riding and cornholing except Buster. Thank you. Everyone's laughing and riding and cornholing Can't be stopped. Buster. It is. It can't be stopped. It's still going. Fantastic. So it's just going to be looping in the background constantly. Riding and cornholing except Buster. Excellent. Okay, that's wow. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we were just looking at this uh, rottenneighbor.com. Thank you, Tim, for giving everybody hours of entertainment. That's that's, that's wonderful. Uh, okay, so. All right, Rick found what he claims to be the best one. Now, Sarah, do you want to read? Do you still have the other one? Oh, goodness gracious. I don't know what I did. All right, well, the, the one that said worst person in the history of the world. and. Okay, yes. Okay, you read yours. I'm not trying to be competitive about it. I'm just saying I was driven to find one that was, was equally funny. I do think I found one that was pretty great. All right. The worst person to exist. In an apartment in this building dwells the worst person to exist ever. <laughs> Combine the evil of Charles Manson, the reasoning power of Corky, oh. and throw in a dash of senseless entitlement that stinks like a rotten fart that is she. That's wonderful. Uh, this one says, hey, asshat, <laughs> your house is a goddamned graveyard for cars. You have like a billion cats, and then you kill them and leave their dead bodies on display. <laughs> Your I mean, that's not funny, but that's horrible. Your kids are horrid. The brown-haired one deals weed, and the blonde one is a slut and has sex in the broken cars. You get your paper naked. You work on your cars naked with local children outside. You steal from the ice cream truck. You throw rocks on the hill so all the kids fall off their skateboards and break bones. You are a sick, sick man. And that tree in your front yard is not a toilet. Plus, for God's sake, buy a pair of pants. That's pretty great. That's pretty good. What's that was address? horrible about the cats. Um, well, that, that doesn't seem like it could be real. It doesn't. That's what the seem, one seems kind of made up. But I mean, how great is it? I love the and the blonde one is a slut and has sex in the broken car. I got to stop by this house and see if that's really true. It doesn't give. Frustratingly, it doesn't give 
the actual address? I'm sure you could just drive around the neighborhood and find it pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. Look for the slutty girls and the dead cats and the broken cars. I guess that's true. It, it would announce itself. <laughs> Having sex with a pile of dead cats. <laughs> and now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. It's official iTunes is now the number two music retailer in the whole USA. Woo! Now number two. Guess who number one is? Uh... I don't know. Walmart. Oh, yeah. No, I should have figured that out. They moved to the second place due to the amount of music it sold in 2007. Uh, the music researcher began tracking uh, music sold uh, in the middle of 2006. In the fourth quarter of that year, Best Buy took second place behind Walmart, while Target took third, and Apple's iTunes was fourth. But in the uh, full year of 2007, Best Buy came in third and Target fourth. Trying to think if I've ever bought music at Walmart. No, the answer is no. No, of course not. In fact, the only time I bought anything at Walmart, I think I bought the Shawshank Redemption at Walmart because Lara's parents, God bless them and their Orem hearts, uh, they gave us a $25 Walmart gift certificate for Christmas one year. And it was like I felt like I had to use it because if I didn't use it, it's like I was giving Walmart money. That's the thing. Like if I didn't use it, Walmart was just being given $25 of someone's money. So I went and I bought the Shawshank Redemption DVD and whatever else. I think it's the only thing I've really ever bought at a Walmart. The Maxim Magazine has apologized for publishing a negative review of the Black Crow's new album by a writer who didn't even listen to the whole CD. Uh, the review was in the March issue. The band posted an exasperating statement on its website saying the Maxim writer hadn't even heard the entire album because advanced copies weren't available. Uh, the magazine explained that its review was an educated guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful. Now I want to read it. That's so great. <laughs> well, that's me. Just, just, sort of just sort of a gut check on what they thought it was probably going to sound like. Well, let's be honest. Anybody... An educated guess. Oh, jeez. Anyone who has followed the... Uh... Downward career spiral of the Black Crows can probably make the same educated guess about whatever their new crap sounds like. Jesus. All right. A pair of uh, Florida teenage girls say they were discriminated against simply because they're beautiful. Well, that's not true. They're from Florida. Nizreen and Sarah took an American uh, West Airline flight from Tampa to Los Angeles Valentine's Day. They say the flight attendants are rude to them from the very beginning, denying their request for water. Later, they exchanged expletives with another passenger over the use of the bathroom. The teenager said the flight crew singled them out for questioning in the verbal altercation. Uh, uniformed police then met them when they landed in California, and they were detained for two hours. Northwest, uh, Southwest, rather, claims the girls were disruptive aboard the flight, but the girls say that being pretty was their only crime. Uh-huh. That sounds no, like one of those old no. magazines from the 50s, like a true confession magazine. Mm. Being pretty was her only crime. <laughs> Hi, you're on the. Hey, uh, hold on a second. I'm gonna put you back on hold, sir. Hey, have you uh, have you seen that store, Tim? God, where is it at? It's uh, it's on 42nd, right off of Sandy by the Hollywood Theater. It is a vintage Hollywood magazine shop. No, oh. it's a, it's a, it's a little it's a store that sells like uh, vintage magazines, and they specialize in sort of Hollywood show business business oh, magazines like from the bygone era. It is, uh, it's on 42nd, right off of Sandy. You ought to check it out. 42nd off of Screams Tim Riley. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, I think that last house you described uh, was about half of Gresham. Yeah, no, it was, the, 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 I like the, uh, your tree is not a toilet touch, yeah. Anyway, uh, you're right about Queen. I saw them a couple of times in their prime, and I, I was never even a big uh, Queen fan, but Freddie Mercury, he was the best performer, I mean, ever. One of a kind. He could, he could tell the audience to go jump off the cliff. So, you know, simultaneously, they would probably all do it. There was a great, uh, I don't think it was behind the music. It was, a th I think it was a series on, 
it wasn't icons or legends or whatever either. It was like it was like the third it was like the third thing that VH1 has done about him. They did it behind the music, and then they did one called Legends, which was him. And then there was another one called like Freddie Mercury. I don't know, you know, got big singing guy or whatever. I forget what it was, but it was another one. And it's and it just did all of this great footage and interviews with him. And really, there has never ever ever been anybody like Freddie Mercury. I mean, he really the, the cliche one of a kind really does apply to that guy. Yeah, he was good. Hey, and my very first concert was the Ramones in 1977. It was the KGON punk rock premiere. Really? It was it was, it was uh, Mink Deville, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and the Ramones headline for like two dollars. Oh come and on! The, Stories like that just piss me off. And, and I was like a thirteen year old kid, and I walked into the old Paramount Theater, and the first thing I saw was this guy on all fours with a dog collar around his uh, uh, neck, with the lady leading him around. You know? Yeah. And for a 13-year-old kid, that was pretty eye-opening. That was the 70s. Yes. People did that all the time. <laughs> it's just a constant in every corner store. All right. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Bye. Excellent. Well, you know, Joni's first concert, Joni DeRoshi, her first concert, uh, I mean, it was late in, the, in, the, in in their career, obviously, still, but her first concert was the Ramones and Social Distortion. I've been jealous of that. Forever. Oh, wow. All right. Here's Tim Riley. HBO is jumping on the YouTube bandwagon. The cable channel is launching its own channel on the Internet video sharing site. It'll feature full episodes of the series In Treatment, whatever that is, and clips from such shows as Real Time, Extras, and Entourage, as well as promotional material for HBO films and documentary films. They plan to include uh, content exclusive to YouTube in the near future. They will uh, not include advertising. Actually, it's not giving you much of anything. Somebody already probably posted it. Janet Jackson's new album, Discipline, is now in stores. It is uh, Janet Jackson's 10th album and her first for Universal Music Group's Island Records after leaving Virgin Records last year. She describes it as a uh, dance album. Uh-huh. Apper Clergy Watch. Here's your Clergy Watch for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson radio program. Oh, I guess it would be nice. Pastor faces at least 25 years in prison after being convicted of aggravated sexual battery and child molestation of his 15-year-old foster child. Decatur, I barely knew her. Uh, they think that Bishop Frederick Kelly, who headed the Greater New Macedonia Church of God in Christ, has a history of child molestation and rape involving family members going back some 35 years. He proclaims his innocence. He was in the DeKalb jail uh, yesterday awaiting a sentencing date after jury found him guilty of two counts of sexual battery and four counts of child molestation. The minimum sentence is 25 years. The jury acquitted him of rape. He was arrested in January on charges of rape and molestation involving a 15-year-old foster girl at his house. He proclaimed his innocence. The newscast prompted three of the relatives to tell police that he molested or raped them years before. Uh, They thought he stopped or hoped he did. Uh, Attempts to reach the uh, family are unsuccessful. They've introduced four other child molestation cases involving Kelly's family members and another foster child during the eight-day trial. So really, he's uh, very productive in this Mm. sense. Uh, The woman testified at the trial that she awoke one night and found Kelly on top of her. She shoved him off, and Kelly pretended to be sleepwalking. (laughs) I'm sorry, I was... I'm sorry, I was doing a little sleep raping. I, it just, it happens. I, uh, no, it's a common condition. Another family member testified that the pastor impregnated her in 1979 when she was 15. Yes. Uh, then he eventually targeted foster children he and his wife supported. 
Besides the 15-year-old who filed the damages for which Kelly is prosecuted, other foster children, including a daughter, 14, testified the defendant inappropriately touched her when he came into her bedroom one night in 2006 but claimed to be praying over her. Is that what they call that? Mm-hmm. His wife testified that her husband is guilty only of an adulterous affair with a girl who became pregnant in 1979. Well, that's not bad. <laughs> Relatively speaking, I guess. So uh, the Kellys raised the family, the baby he fostered. I'm getting so confused. <laughs> the family. There's, there's really there's so much impregnating and raping going on in the story, I can't quite keep it straight. Then there was an affair that only sexual misconduct was acknowledged. <laughs> All others have been denied. This is really like a one from column A, two from column B kind of case here. So he impregnated one girl but didn't rape her. Right. Raped some others but didn't impregnate them. And what was sleepwalking? One laid on top of one while sleep rape, uh, sleepwalking, mm-hmm. was quote praying over one apparently with his penis out. Mm-hmm. But that's not a girl he impregnated or raped. Right. All right. This is like a whole don't buy anything sold bought process kind of a thing. All right, is that the uh, at the end of that? It is troubling. The man of God. There's your clergy watch. Cause I gotta have Fantastic. Uh, here's uh, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. A soldier trying to avoid redeployment in Iraq had a friend shoot him in the leg, and then claimed he'd been wounded in a holdup. Private First Class Matthew Miles of Apple Valley, California, limped into a mini-mart around 9.30 p.m. Sunday and reported that he had uh, been walking on a golf course when a gunman stole his wallet and military ID and shot him. A helicopter search failed to uh, find the robber, and the sheriff's deputies became suspicious of the story because they could not find the blood trail or any shell casings. Now, okay, go ahead. So he said he was walking alone when the suspect came up and shot him, then ran away. But when deputies went back to investigate, they found uh, two sets of footprints that had been walking side by side for some time. <laughs> I'm not now. I'm not trying to suggest uh, that you do anything uh, dishonorable if you are in the military. But let's but let's just call a spade a spade. Uh, when you sign up for you know whatever, when you sign up for a tour or an 18 month bid or something, and the, you know and the, the freaking government is sending you back there for like you know the fifth tour in a row. You're gonna be there for a hundred years, yeah, John I, McCain. Exactly. And when John McCain is saying you're never gonna go home, uh, and when they have essentially shafted you and your family out of years of your life uh, because they, you know, what's that word? They lied to you about. They're gonna be giving away Hershey bars <laughs> to expected children. <laughs> you're gonna be. They're gonna be showered in rose petals and bombs, but mainly rose petals. Um, so when the military has lied to you, and the, it's not only the military, the government has lied to you about this to get you over there, uh, I really do think we understand at least why people t- go to uh, what, uh, what extreme uh, methods to get out of this. So here's my question. So given the military's policy, and I really am not trying to, I, I really don't know the answer to this. Mm-hmm. Can't you just say you're gay and get kicked out? I mean, isn't that the thing? You don't ask, don't tell. But you're like, right. but but if you are, as they say, openly gay. Uh, they'll give you the boot because you're, you know, because of course we can't have that. There's, you know, only so many oh, people. No way. So only Absolutely certain not. people. People have... are going to be attacked in foxholes. <laughs> the battles will stop. <laughs> people are going to be tied up in leather when they should be killing the enemy. <laughs> That's how that goes. I'm sorry, I can't see my rifles go through this hood. <laughs> Anywho, my, my my question really though was, if the don't ask, don't tell policy means that if that's one true, that's very if true. one is known to be gay, therefore, they're like, <coughs> pardon me, <coughs> I think the deal is the military kicks you out. So, I need some water here. <clears throat> 
So being that that's the case, if you don't want to go back, and who could blame you for like a 50th uh, tour, I, can't you just go, no, 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 I, uh, no, I love men. No, I love them deeply. Can't get enough, can't get enough of them. I'm all, I'm 100% gay. I am absolutely, totally gay. Gay, yeah, gay, 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 gay. proof test. See, well, that's the one, that they were, that's that one that Tom Cruise was going to have to take when he tried to sue that newspaper for calling him gay. Uh, so I really, I just don't know about that because it seems like, and it would serve the military right, frankly, uh, if they're going to institute this insane don't ask, don't tell thing. It seems like then they deserve exactly what they get. Uh, if people are like, well, I'm sorry, I'm gay. Guess you'll have to send me home. And I, and, and they couldn't, and if you did say that, they would almost have to kick you out and send you home. Uh, because otherwise, b because if they didn't, then they could not then refuse. Because, of course, the thing is, if you try to enlist, like if you try to sign up and you're gay, then I guess they keep you out or whatever, whatever the hell it is. But, but then they wouldn't be able to do that. In other words, if they kicked people out, they would not, you know, the, or if they, let, if they let people stay in, then they would also have to accept enlistees, which they don't want to do. So they'd be doubly screwed. Uh, that is so weird. Like whenever I hear people say that you you can't be gay in the military, like I always think them like, no, impossible. you're joking. Like can't be. It just doesn't seem in this day and age that could be true. Especially because it doesn't seem like the bullets really know the difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bull, bull, a bullet from Bruce Valanche is gonna kill me as dead as a bullet from anybody else. And I'm like really wondering why like why does sexual orientation matter so much? Like what's really going on in those like because little navy camps? Fighting a war for Jesus, Sarah. Fighting a war against the armies of Satan. It is a world without women. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hi. Who's this? Oh, Diana from downtown. Hello, Diana. How are the you? The fastest way to get out of the military is to eat your way to freedom. Get you, fat. So if you just are a get big lard ass, they'll kick you out? Yeah. Get fat, and they will let you go far, far faster than being gay. Is that true now? Is it now? Here's a dumb question. Is it no easy, such thing. Is it easy to get fat in the military? Because I thought the food was, A, fairly good but also bad but you know in other words it tasted terrible well it depends on how much how important is your freedom to you oh, so you're really putting to put in the work yeah yeah i mean seriously but getting you know gay you know anymore they're saying yeah yeah sure you're gay fine you know what you're here we don't care get fat and look bad in a uniform different story so if you so if you really are like morbidly obese they'll kick you out but so are they on to perhaps uh, guys who are not gay saying that they are as like a dodge yeah Duh. Right. So you'd really... You'd have... I mean... <laughs> All right. Excellent. All right. Thank you. There you go. That is... It. That's interesting because then it sets up a whole... Really, I do sense a wacky HBO sitcom in the works with this whole thing. It's just a whole... All kinds of stuff I just uh, I just don't understand. Uh, what time is it? It's 2 o'clock. Jesus, we should break. Um, so, let's do this. We'll break. We'll catch up. Uh, we will have more news coming up later. Yes? Sure. More fantastic stories. Absolutely. They never end. Compelling comedy. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Uh, when we get back, we'll talk a little arrested development here. Uh, I do want to have this. I do have uh, actually two different science questions uh, that we'll ask and uh, some other stuff. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Because I ain't got a gun. Is this the closing theme? It is, because I can't play the, the opening theme because it has the top. You know, I've got the instrumental version of the opening theme. Oh, really? It was my cell phone ring for a long time. And whenever my ever... family would call me, anybody in my family called my phone, the Arrested Development theme would play. Did you know that any time on Arrested... Well, I saw it more than once on Arrested Development when their cell phones would ring. It was the Arrested Development is theme. Is that true? Mm-hmm. I remember when Lindsay's driving to um, uh, Reno. Mm -hmm. uh, to go uh, get Tobias, if she thinks he's having an affair with Kitty. Right. And she's driving in maybe, and George Michael is sitting in the car, and her phone rings, and it's uh, Tobias calling her. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, and, and, I, and I actually rewound it. I'm like, that is the freaking 
Earth Development theme. Now, see, and you and I have talked about this, that I, as much as I love that show, I have not watched it a lot for the same reason you've watched it a lot, that I want to take some time. It's like I'm on a one-year fast from uh, Almost Famous. I'm going to make myself wait. Uh, uh, like Quentin Tarantino said this great thing about how he would only watch Fight Club once every decade because he didn't want to get burned out on it. So I'm going to watch Arrested Development. I'm going to wait maybe another six months and then watch the whole series. Yeah. Uh, well, because I, I didn't watch it for a really long time, so, I mean... And, and then the, I've watched, like, each season a couple times through, so I do need to take a break. And that show is really the cliche where every time you watch it, you see something else. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's constantly things. God, it just, just, I mean, I know that we're just hammering the nail so far past the point of being into the board here, but I, it, that show is just so unbelievably genius. You know what I was thinking? Do you ever do this, and we've talked about this, where you're in that sort of half-awake, half-sleep mode, and something will get into your head, and you will start to giggle uncontrollably. And for me, it's when I'm either waking up in the morning but not quite awake or going to sleep at night but not quite asleep and I will get a joke or something stuck in my head and I will begin to just laugh uncontrollably and I always have to do it real silently so I don't wake up my wife just sitting there laughing you know what I was thinking the other day it was when they and I I'm, I'm, maybe fudging the details a little bit in my head but it was like when the Japanese investors come to look at the model homes and there's <laughs> like and it's like Job or whatever it's like in the big in the big like it's not God. Is it a Godzilla suit? It's What's a, he in? Yeah, it's a Godzilla suit. Well, no, it's a big mole suit. It's a big mole suit, and then George Michael was in the jetpack. Yeah, and, and the they're fighting it investors up. looking at the window, and they're like, and they're like the Godzilla thing, and they're crushing the model homes, and it's like, who comes up with that? Who? I don't even know how that pops into your head to put in the show. Anywho. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the Court and Fatboy uh, Experience. Uh, Monday Friday, uh, 7 to midnight at Rock 101 KUFO. Our good friend at Fatboy Roberts. Hello, sir. Also available for download at courtandfatboy.com. Yes, yes, which is what I do, actually. You know, I go there and I download it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I got this. Uh, I'm doing that thing where I'm, like, scratching my nose and everybody in the room is doing it. Um, I do that all the time. It's, but, it's a nervous tick I just picked up, like, in the last four years. It's really annoying. I don't I, know why. I, uh, but I go now, and when you I... you do that thing over the side, are you blowing in or are you blowing out when you do that... That thing that you do. I'm not blowing out. That's okay, revolting. thank God. All right, thank you. I just, I never knew and I couldn't tell. No, no, Especially no. Especially since I have headphones on. You know who like, does that? Football players. I know. I don't do that. And Puck from oh. the real world. And Puck. Oh, my. The, no, no, no. I know some the guys puck. who do that. The Puck. It's Weird disgusting. beard. No, I no, didn't no. think that you were, but I couldn't tell because I'm wearing my earphones and I just hear it. A... No, I got a little bit of a congestion. Like, I, like I am, uh, I don't mean to be, there's not the traffic in here. Uh, well, gross. we're all breathing the same, like, dirty just, air in here. I'm no longer sick. I mean, I'm over it. But it is, uh, how do I put it, it's, in the, it's just in that gross period after you have a cold where your body is just kind of getting rid of everything. You know what I mean? And so that's why you hear me like kind of hack and like clear my throat a little bit. I mean, I'm going to do gross. But it's like your body has been congested and now it's kind of all on the way out, but mm-hmm. you just kind of got to whatever. So, um, uh, but yeah, no, I go there and I uh, download it and I put it on my Creative Zen. Nice. Uh, and I listen to it, uh, you know, when I'm out and about. Thank so. you. I, li- I like the uh, the concentrated form of the show. I mean, if, well. you like to have, if you like to have the music sprinkled in there as well, you can always... Stream it or listen live, but a lot of people like it like kind of socked down. I I uh I compare it to uh the concentrated orange juice and like the people who don't even put it in the pitcher and add water to it. They just lick the top like those, a battery. Those people don't exist. Yeah, they do. I've seen them. I've seen it done. They right pop, out of the little pop, cardboard tube. Yeah, right out of the card. They just kind of squeeze it up and they, they like a like a like a squishy popsicle, a squishy orange popsicle of of comedy mediocrity. Courtandfatboy.com. Well, then. All right, then. So there you go. CourtneyFatboy.com. Uh, all right, so before we do anything else, and, and I will uh, be very careful here. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, The Wire, uh, which, and, you know, Sarah, here's the thing. I'm just going to say this. In two weeks, you'll never have to hear about The Wire again. You it will be passed. Or even sooner if, if Peter Carlin comes Or up. even sooner if Peter Carlin hooks a brother Peter, up. Peter Carlin, um, man, come, on. come uh, on, man. But um, so there's two season, two episodes left in the whole series. But because I got on demand, I get to see him. And apparently they are going to put even the final one on a week early. Nope. 
Really? Is that no. because it says the whole season, one week early? Yeah, HBO are filthy liars. Oh, really? The whole yeah. season? But the last one. The whole season, except the except series the finale. finale. That one is not coming on demand, because HBO doesn't want a bunch of people immediately running to the internet a week early right. and splitting the fan base down the middle, because half of the fan base <laughs> can't even get on demand. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I mean, I get digital cable, which is the only reason I get it. I illegally download it. Excellent. Good for you. Yes. Uh, so Les Moonves would be proud. Uh-huh. So, oh, no uh, one upstairs knows anything about the internet. Jesus. You know what? But here's the thing. So, so if people may illegally download from HBO, but when it came to Dexter, which is a CBS production, the DVD is what I rented. Mm, good well, man. I, or borrowed from Dave's Inn. But, yeah. he, but it was not illegally uh, obtained. Mm-hmm. So, uh, actually, I'll say this. The Wire, the uh, episode nine, not really much of a spoiler. Um, a couple characters are watching Dexter on the big screen. That's how great it is. <laughs> he's going, he's all talking, but he, he only be killing like other serial killers. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Dexter. So that was a cool little shout out. Yeah. Um, but uh, so last uh, so last night I was able to watch uh, episode nine mm-hmm. of The Shield, which is the penultimate episode, the second yeah. to last episode, which uh, kind of uh, won't be widely available until this coming Sunday. But if you get on demand, you can see it now. And uh, I will not. Uh, I won't be any any more specific about this. This is because Peter Carlin hasn't watched. God damn it! He's, he's got the last three mother, episodes and he's just sitting on them. Like has got it. Retarded mother hen sitting sitting on his desk. This is how he taunts us. Peter Carlin has got the rest. He's got it all. He's got the the rest of the season done. The finale is sitting on his desk. And it's not like he's ignorant to the fact that it's gold. He knows it's gold. Oh, he knows. He just doesn't want to. He just doesn't want to break into. It. I emailed him this morning. I'm like, dude, I just watched episode nine. There's the, and I told him. I said, there's a moment of unexpected poignancy that happens, that is sort of doom. Uh, mixed with tenderness that'll sort of take your breath away and you'll know it when you see it and whatever. And he emailed me back this morning just like, yeah, I was just really busy with some stuff last night, so I'm going to, uh, like, maybe I'll watch it, maybe I won't, I don't know. What if Veruca Salt's dad actually managed to buy the goose that laid the golden eggs right. and then it just collected dust in the corner of the room? <laughs> That's totally what it is. <sighs> I don't want the goose anymore, I want the magic squirrel! Alright, and the goose is just sitting there like, <sighs> anyway. So, last night. Last night it went up on On Demand, so if you're a Wire fan, you look for it. If not, you'll see it Sunday. It's uh, it's, mm. it's freaking genius. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, so you, uh, you're you going to step on the... Do I have the fat scale? Is the fat scale gone? Did you bring it home? Oh, damn it. I may have actually taken it home because my wife wanted it. Because uh. the thing is, like, she bought it for me uh, for Valentine's Day, mm. but then she I immediately took it to work, and she was yelling at me for not uh, for not even having it. Uh. Uh, and she's like, I didn't even get to use it. You took it to work to wear, wear Sarah Wagner, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, I'm sorry. So, is this Sarah Wagner's gotten the most fallout from that thing. Too. Well, 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 numbers don't lie. Oh, she hasn't had the worst. Did you see Mr. Morbidly Obese? Here? Oh, no, dude, I'm, uh, I'm the fattest of anybody who's been on it so far. But it's really? so, yeah, but it's so strange because you don't, I, I know we've gone over this over and over again, but I still kind of find it hard to believe. From the outside, I don't look like a large person. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not a fat guy in terms of my body uh, shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what there is of me is, yeah, it's all fat. Are, are you sure it's fat or is it just like, you know... Oh, dude, it's fat. Are you really... Maybe you are big-boned? No. I'm actually... There's no big bones. I have dense bones? Thick there bones? No, there are no... No, them it's bones, them bones, them. No, because it doesn't Brown mention... Because it, it doesn't mention that. It, men, it or measure that. It does mention, measure the amount of fat by means of electrical resistance. So your bones have nothing to do... It okay. doesn't measure... It's not weight. Maybe you just have very spongy muscle. Well, that's also true. Yeah. That's what I get for watching 13 hours of Dexter in one <laughs> sitting on Saturday. <laughs> Uh, you just continually flex while you're on the couch. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just flex, maybe, and that'll and that maybe that'll strengthen. Hey, not don't make that sound muscle. anymore, yeah, please. Yeah, that sound was really bad. Sorry. And I'm not gonna sit on the couch and do some weird, uh, retarded, uh, like <laughs> television watching Kegel. <laughs> well, that's, that's not gonna happen. Where's my broomstick? Kegel could be very beneficial. No, though. no. Okay, I didn't know how to pronounce that until just now, too. I think it's Kegel exercise, Sarah. 
I don't. I think that's what it's called. It's one of those words that you've never said out loud. You've only seen it in like penthouse. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I'll bring the scale in tomorrow if okay. you want to be weighed tomorrow. But no, I am of anybody who said I've been on the scale. In terms of pure fat, mm. I am the fattest person who's been on that scale so far. Yeah, I'm, I am I'm... very obese or very very overweight, according to the thing. Oh, yeah, well, not not more overweight. Okay, very well, overweight. very overweight. Is the very overweight the BMI though? Because no, 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 that's we disregarded that. It's the fat content, and it's not in terms of weight either. I'll, mm -hmm. tell, you my, I'll tell you right now, my weight is 185. Yeah, no, 87. You know. 187. Was it on an undercover camera? It was. It was like a. It was around 185. Okay. Which is, uh, you know, I'm usually around 180, so it's a little bit heavier than I typically am. But it's, it's, you know, not great, not terrible. Sure. Uh, but the percentage of me, because basically what it says is, look, if you were made out of a hundred cubits, how many of them would be fat? Yeah. And so the answer to me is 26 of them. So I am 26% fat, oh. which is uh, very overweight. So hmm. what can you do? Hmm. Uh, but Have you got pizza burger on it yet? No, he's dropped a lot of weight. Yeah, though. he has. That guy, he's on the Weight Watchers. Uh -huh. uh, he and his wife, uh, and uh, they've. I, I can't speak for her. I mean, she's you know, she's, you know, beautiful. I'm not just saying this. You know, she's a very beautiful woman. Blah 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 blah. But I mean, you know, she had the kids, and you know, whatever. And that that, that changes a woman. But uh, he, I, for him anyway, he's dropped a ton of weight and like really fast. Doesn't it seem like just a few weeks ago he was all spongy and square? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like a big Fred Winstone looking bastard, big Jeff Garland looking. Jeff Garland? You say Garland? I'll get anywhere. Like, yeah. So Larry, you know, like, like if someone uh, <laughs> dropped Patrick Warburton into a Dunkin' Donuts overnight and told him he had to, to eat his way out. Totally. I was thinking more along those lines. Maybe the, not quite Jeff Garland. The putty of the uh, of the Rick Emerson show. Yeah. Um, Anywho, uh, well, while you're here, uh, mm -hmm. you want to do some Arrested Development talk? Oh, okay, cool. All right, so this didn't print, so I got it right here. And this is just uh, this is from filmschoolrejects.com, uh, and it was the eight things we need to see in the Arrested Development movie. All right. Okay. And, um, and I don't know. I saw that thing of Will Ferrell saying that he would finance it. Really? I was in an interview with Will Arnett. Uh, Will Arnett and Will Ferrell were at some comedy festival together. Uh -huh. And Will Ferrell made some comment to the video. He's like, he's like, if all else fails, I will pay for it. It's like, I will finance it. Oh, uh, how much is that a shtick, though? Well, I don't know. He, you know, he seems like a smart guy, and he seems thing. like a guy who knows what people want. But Viacom, via Showtime Networks, was going to kick down Mitchell Hurwitz some money to continue the show, and he already right. turned it down. So I don't, I, what, what changes in between well, then and now? A... Probably the money they offer you for to, to, to do a, a movie is more than the money you're going to make from Showtime uh -huh, on a niche program. B, do, do you not agree with this, that um, even though the movie would theoretically be unedited, yeah. there's a difference between doing a movie and, like, part of Arrested Development's charm is what could they get away with, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, do you have that clip that you played earlier, the everybody but Buster? Oh, I have that one, or I have... You don't have headphones, though. No. Oh, that's too bad. Jeez. We have this song. No, I'm afraid I just blew myself. Afraid I just blew myself. We says, uh, says Tobias. And riding and cornholing except for Buster. Buster. All right, there we got some headphones here. Yeah, so that's where Tobias is all. You know, mm -hmm. he's talking about how he gets up in the blue man out in the blue man. What is it? Michael asks him, like, do you have a team of people who? What does he? What he's Michael? Like, how did you get the? You know, he was asking how he got it all on himself. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I blew myself. Oh, so I just blew myself. No, I'm afraid I just blew myself. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is the one where. Um, where uh, Jason Bateman is talking about the boat, which is named the C word. The C word. And Lucille is like, I'm in the room. No, I just, I have that one right here, actually. <laughs> we just, it's, sir, you read my mind. We just played that the, the other day. Um, <laughs> but we'll take that. I have it right here. Really, do you? Get rid of the C word. I'll leave when I'm good and ready. <laughs> so. I totally botched the quote, but still, though. And there was that one where, now we're just being those people, but there was the yeah. one where Job was at, uh, he's at the workplace and he's talking about, like, the sexual harassment policy. 
And he's like, and absolutely no, and then it's all just bleeped out for like the next 15 seconds. And clearly Job is giving a very graphic description of sexual activities not allowed in the workplace. And I think that on Showtime, A, on show, they would have two choices. On yeah. Showtime, they would just be unedited, which would remove the comedy. Mm-hmm. Or stay edited, which wouldn't give you that same sort of kind of outlaw thrill that you have when you're getting away with stuff on network television. I'm an right? ideas man, Michael. I think I proved that with mountain <laughs> see how great is that but see on showtime have you noticed in arrested development there's one swear word in the entire series an actual real an swear actual word what is real it? swear word um when job and this younger mu- uh, magician are going because it was right when job got kicked out of the magician's <laughs> guild and he's going up against this younger magician to try and get this you know to be a clown at a party right and he's just like well you know i guess the better man got it because the other guy um the other guy won over Job, and he's looked at him, he's like, go F yourself. <laughs> and that's it. And then that's the entire swear, that's the only swear right. we're going to I, I, I still think it could work. I think the censorship was uh, was obviously necessary, but the reason it works isn't just because there's a bleep. It's because they were ridiculously clever about it. And you can still be ridiculously clever with profanity. Yeah, I guess. Uh, you can, you can, I think I lean more toward risk. But it's like, yeah, the only reason it, it was, it, the, let me put it this way, a lot of the comedy came from the fact that they were getting by the censors. Mm-hmm. And on Showtime, it would be like they were doing it for effect because you know that there's really no censor to get by. Yeah. It's like there's no, they're not sticking it to anybody in Showtime. They're just clinging to an outdated form. Well, that, well, then the focus becomes not so much trying to get by something, but how funny can we be in this medium with the, with the boundaries pushed a little bit farther out? I mean, they're going to start doing more and more crazy stuff. Like, I think I had an example where, uh, you, we were talking about this before, where, I mean, you know how far they went with the whole seal storyline and the, and the seal yeah, biting off, yeah, biting yeah. off Buster's hand. There's a whole realm of scatological taboo seal. nastiness that you can mess with the seal. Yeah. Plush seals, blue seal. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of things you can go with there that you couldn't even uh, attempt. Can I give the example that you gave me? Yeah, please go ahead. So he gave this example of seals and there's somehow being like a seal fetish that that appears on the show, which is not like out of the question since the show seems to dwell on incestual sex half of the time. Yeah. But he had this great image I know of, where toward the end you're basically rooting for George Michael and maybe to get together. Like, oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. He had this great image though of there becoming a whole seal fetish introduced into the show, like with Lou Seal and the seal biting of the hand. And he said it would climax with a scene in which someone walks into the room and sees Lucille too and Buster um, as you would say, uh, humping it out, but they're both dressed in like plush, like furry seal outfits, which is just so great and so. But I can totally see. Yeah, it. see, now that's the kind of thing that could only work on Showtime. Wouldn't be so blatantly lazy that you, you know, okay, so we don't have. Blue, but it would still break your brain. You'd see it, and it would hurt your brain and your soul. See, I think that would open up the playground to that kind of lunacy, that sort of Looney Tunes mixed with, uh, oh, what's the comedian's name, Lenny Bruce right. mentality that the show sort of works with as it is now. Well, the other example, I think we. You know, talked about this with South Park, yeah. where I, I was thinking about this the other day, actually, about South Park, the movie, and about I, before that film came out, when it was still a couple weeks away, the conventional wisdom on the South Park film was that it wasn't going to be any good. Yeah. Because people kind of said, oh, well, they should have put it out two years ago when the show had all the buzz about who's Cartman's mom, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, and it, or who's Cartman's dad, and it's just the show, you know, they missed the window for the South Park movie. No one really cares. And... Which might have been true, except for the fact that Trey Parker is a genius. Yeah. I mean, a flat-out stone cold. I watched Team America again for this uh, this yeah. weekend. It is one of the most brilliant things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, absolutely. And not to dismatch Stone, but it's Trey Parker's the engine that drives that. He is a freaking genius. Yeah. And I remember sitting there in the theater, not knowing what to expect. No real internet leaks at that point. Mm-hmm. 
And as soon as they come out and they go into the Uncle Effer, yeah. and it was like my brain exploded. See, and, 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 it's, and then the big band comes in and there's the crowd and they're doing the, you know, and, and I remember at that point it was heart like, solo. totally, and I was like, okay, that's it, like nothing is safe now, like we, I have no idea what I'm in for. And mm-hmm. they, which is I think why the Simpsons movie disappointed so many people, because they didn't elevate it. No, all they had were like a, a couple middle fingers, um, I think Mark's Bart's said, God penis. damn, yeah, and, and Bart's penis. Yeah. It was a decent gag, that was, was a decent, decent gag. But it was no better than the show. Yeah. The South Park movie... They just blew the ceiling. I mean, they just they you know they just went into the stratosphere with it. That's what this would need to do. Mm-hmm. Anything less than just an absolute freaking knockout punch with this movie would be terrible. Well, I think there's enough creative geniuses behind the show to get that done. I, I think they can take it to that level in the same way Trey Parker did. So this guy, there's this article on uh, Film School Rejects about the eight things they would need to see mm-hmm. uh, in an Arrested Development film for it to work. Uh, some of these are obvious, some not. Uh, number eight, the entire original cast. Oh yeah. Um, and including says, like the like the side cast, about like like Kitty. Kitty. Yeah. Yep. Boy, how much? Let me ask you this: on her uh, on on the uh, you know like on her um, hair pulled back days, how much does Joni look like Kitty sometimes? <laughs> Dude, I could see that. Uh, the I, it, the first time Kitty came on the screen, I kind of went, uh, wow. It, it, yeah. There are moments when Joni DeRoshi is like a dead freaking ringer for that girl. Yeah. You gotta get Anne back too. And oh, who? Yeah. Oh, Anne has to be. She has yeah. to have like Job's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> egg. <laughs> um, Jason Bateman, Jeffrey Tambor, and Will and Ed have all spoken publicly about being in, but that isn't enough. He says we need everyone from Ron Howard to Scott uh, Scott Bayo. Oh yeah. If Carl Weathers can't make this work, the production is is in serious trouble. What about Julie Louis Dreyfus? He got he's basically says you got to get everybody who's ever been on the show. Uh, well, well, that I, might be a little much, but yeah, I I definitely believe Bob Blah Blah's got to come back. Bob Blah Blah, yeah, and definitely and Julie Louis Dreyfus say it, character. Bob Blah 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 Bomb. Oh, see, you can't do it. Bob Blah 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 Bomb. Do the other one. Bob Blah 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 Blah. Yeah. I was right. reading the headline. That's one of those things that will go through my head over and over again. <laughs> and then I feel like a crazy but person. But it's all of those. It's Steve Holt. It's all of yeah. the... Uh... Steve Holt. Steve Holt is a bastard. <laughs> he doesn't even know who his real father is. I'll never forget this, Dad. <laughs> like I the will. boy who found the severed hand in the garden. <laughs> uh, let's see. Number seven of uh, things that must be in the Arrested Development movie. Lindsay's quest to marry Michael. Uh, says, Lindsay was always at her best when she was trying to cook like hot ham water or trying to seduce her brother. The storyline of the movie should somehow set up Lindsay's lust for Michael. We know that the writing team can figure it out. They've had plenty of time to think about it. And that's Look, I'm not saying that somebody in that show was molested frequently and often and early, but come on. Actually, you know what? There's a lot of incest on that that right show. there. That right there tells me exactly what they need to do to break the story. Royal Tenenbaums. Make this thing like the Royal Tenenbaums. If you're going to make an arrest, like, I mean, take, like, the, the general structure, right. maybe sort of semi the plot, and then just make it Looney Tunes crazy as typical. Yeah. But, I mean, just sort of base it off the Royal Tenenbaums, except it's the Bluth family. I can see that. And I think that that might be your end to the story and to where you can go completely bat crap insane. Uh, number six, big focus on the never nude epidemic. They says there's so much comedy here to be mined. They must do this. Number five, the stair car must make an appearance. The stair car. Well, it couldn't be. Yeah, you couldn't make it without the no, stair that's, car. That, that, They're never going to get rid of that. Because the world of the blues would not be the same. Uh, number four, you must have Lucille too. Um, let's see. If number, you're going to have Lucille too, you got to have Martin Short. 
Um, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, the was so... And raunchy. Super Dave Osborne. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the interpreter, or the, whatever is it, the proxy? The proxy. Yeah. The throwing up still grosses me out. Number three, the banana stand. Heaven for, uh, forbid you ever forget the Bluth uh, family banana stand. Number two, Maybe's career as a Hollywood mogul. Mm. Uh, toward the end of the series, she was on a roll. We need Maybe to be back in action, possibly pitching a motion picture about the Bluth family. This is where Ron Howard can step away from being the narrator and jump back in front of the camera. Um, let's see. She, she is so hittable now. Oh, uh, is she, wait, is she... Yes, uh, yes. Is she of age? Yes. Can we talk about this? What's her yeah. name? I don't know. What, what's her name? It's Ali Sharkwat. Is that her? Uh, Shawkat. Shawkat? Ali is Shawkat. A-L-I-A. I mean, I was just going to say, Shawkat. I don't know how old she is in this photo, uh, but she's, like, in this photo, I would, I'm just going to say, I don't know how old she is here, but she's beautiful. She really yes, she is. is. But you're saying not only beautiful... Hittable. <laughs> mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking at <laughs> You guys are creepy. Hi. Uh, uh, let's see. And finally. Looks like she's 19. Uh, it says, finally, of course, um, uh, number one, this, is, this one is obvious, Job, match show, final countdown, girls with low self-esteem. He says, this one is almost self-explanatory. Um, let's see. Um, of course, the final countdown has to be in this. Uh, and the kitty, ha then they know kitty must uh, return as well. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And then it's a whole thing about submit your own things that must, you know, mm -hmm. that, uh, that, that must return. So, um, oh, somebody else says, there, I'm reading the comments. Somebody else, the chicken dance must return. Oh, and then yeah. It, and then it's signed, caw, caw, caw. <laughs> Uh, Any of you people even seen a chicken? <laughs> and the banner has to return too, because I love how everyone forgets to use verbs when the banner comes up. Look, look at, at banner, banner, Michael. Michael, Michael look at oh, banner. Don't clap. <laughs> Somebody else notes Steve Holt, the Blue Man Group, Tobias is Queen Mary, Stan Sitwell's wigs. Oh yeah. Judge Reinhold. <gasps> Uh, also, this one, I can't believe I forgot this. Charlize Theron. Oh, yeah. Oh. Mr. We almost made that Britney's theme. Oh, Mr. yeah. F. Yeah, we nice. tried to find that. Every time <laughs> Britney's, Britney's name was mentioned, we were going to play that. One of the that. funniest things about that, and it's a, it's a total physical joke, is where she's, like, just happy as hell jumping on the bed. Yeah. And then, like, in mid-jump, after, like, six of them, she's in mid-air, she goes, okay, night, and then lands immediately on her yeah. side and falls asleep. <laughs> yeah. That just cracks me up to no end. Yeah. That's a, you know, and I love to break here in a second, but that's another thing where that show Fs with, you know, what is it, what is it with us? We're all A, gluttons for punishment, mm -hmm. because we watch shows that punish us by killing our favorite characters, yeah. having people, you know... Something brutal happens to somebody. Uh, like I remember Joss Whedon said this thing about he doesn't give the audience what they want. He goes, I give them what they need. Yeah. So it's like, and Angel's back, and now he's dead. You uh -huh. know, or whatever. Um, so, A, we love shows that punish us. But, you know, just this is like the Dexter thing the other day. Uh, we were talking about, you know, how Dexter just like questions, makes me question my own morality as a human. What is it about Arrested Development, too? Because there's that where they they do this horrible trick where you're unknowingly for about seven weeks, rooting for Michael to have sex with a retarded girl. You're, Come on, nail her, dude. And then at the end, she's, oh, she's got the IQ of a five-year-old. And then you kind of go, oh, I, uh, oh. Uh. And you Even then, for a split second, though, you're like, well, still? Yeah. Considering his family? Can I tell you that final episode uh, with Charlize Theron, he's got one of the greatest moments ever, where Tobias's head catches on fire, but there's that, but Job has covered the swimming pool with glass. <laughs> he goes, oh, dear God, why am I not going underwater? Am I my beautiful hair! Jesus. Oh, God. Court right. and Fatboy, 7 to midnight, and of course, download the podcast, won't you please? please. I command you to do it. Oh, good. Go to courtandfatboy.com. Yes. Go to courtandfatboy.com. Mm -hmm. Go to courtandfatboy.com and yes. download the podcast. Do it. Do it right now. Even as I'm finishing this sentence. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, sir. We'll weigh you tomorrow. Yes.
I'll be here. Back after this with Tim Riley. Stay there. Let me just say this, speaking for myself. If I met a guy who offered like me $50 just to put a buffalo wing in my mouth, I would date that guy. Right now. I'm telling you this. Because really, if he's willing to give you $50 just to put a buffalo wing in your mouth. <laughs> but don't compromise your morality, Rick. Yeah, I'll get right on that. She's not the kind of girl that puts a buffalo wing in her mouth I on gotta, the first date. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta keep my morality intact. Now let's get this over so I can go home and watch Dexter. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, it's Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Millions of without power in Florida caused by a nuclear power plant that has shut down. No yeah. reason to fear. These are friendly atoms. Uh-huh. That's all we know at this point. So apparently, uh, yeah, big power plant shut down. And, well, sure. these things don't cause Nothing to worry anyway. about. No, no, don't worry about it. Those things happen in Chernobyl, not in our, <laughs> you, you, you know. Jack Lemon's going to be fine. <laughs> yes. Uh, the mayor of an Oregon town who once stripped to her underwear and posed on a fire truck has been stripped Woo! of office. She put her photo on the uh, MySpace. Voters in Arlington, which has a population of 500, voted narrowly last night to recall Carmen. The tally was 142 to 139. The recall is effective today. She's out of a job. Really? Honestly? Yeah. A bunch of joyless prudes. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Pictures of her in a black bra and tasteful panties were taken for use in a contest about fitness. But a relative posted them on to MySpace, hoping it would improve the social life of the single mother. Seriously. Uh, well, whatever. Okay. Looks like we're getting more trains. Attention, criminals. It's called the West Side Express. It's not like the Max trains. It's a huge train. It's a heavy rail. It's going to run on existing rail lines. It'll take uh, commuters for about uh, 15 miles from Wilsonville to the Beaverton Transit Center. It costs only $117 million. <laughs> to go from Wilsonville to Beaverton. It'll carry uh, three to 4,000 near-to-wells per day. Many of them who uh, expected to lord it there all day long. Uh-huh. Trip will take 27 minutes, but spend all day there. Who's going to know? <laughs> Think of it as your home on wheels. The average speed is 37 miles an hour. Jesus. So if you've got no particular place to be. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, why should all the transients be in uh, Gresham? Well, now you can begin in uh, Wilsonville and work your way to Beaverton. They should be spread out, I suppose. Oh, by the way, since so you, since Tim gave us that great uh, rottenneighbor.com site, mm-hmm. um, so now we've got this one. Rick, I found this quote about somebody near my home. I have no idea what it's supposed to mean. The, the quote about one of this guy's neighbors is, She spits in the cakes. <laughs> I saw her do it once. You are one gross chick. I don't even know what that means. Chili the buffalo wing for $20. That's fantastic. I wonder if you can search by comment. Like if I put she spits in the cakes in the uh, in the site, if it'll like show me where it is. Uh, Unless you have a picture of the cake? I don't know. She I just, spits in the cake. I want to go by and see said cake spitting. All right. And just because you can't live without it, Starbucks is closing down at 530. You better hurry. So it's closing at 5.30. For, I guess I must have ignored this a hundred other times I heard it today. Why? Well, they, were, they were training all the uh, people who work there. Well, that's, you know, that's obviously a lie. I mean, that's, that's clearly a lie. It's, clear, it's just a big publicity stunt. You know why? And here we are feeding into it like It has hard. nothing to do with the terrorists. No, it doesn't. But you know what it has to do? It, 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 because, the, you know, it's so hard for me to be irritated at Starbucks because they're so, wow, 
This is the ugliest baby I've ever seen. That is seen. the ugliest baby I've ever seen. Oh, my God. And I submitted Lisa's, who has the cutest baby. No, no, that. And that gets picked? That's John McCain. <laughs> this is John. It is. Um, wow. That is the ugliest I'm sorry. Baby. I was thumbing through the Inquirer looking for the Jamie Lynn Spears thing. And every week, photos that make America smile. Oh, baby. He's got the cutest little baby face, they lie. Big-eyed Gabriel Campbell is all smiles and forehead for the camera. The three-month-old the three -month -old lives with his unfortunate parents, Casey and Nicholas Campbell. They will receive $50 for submitting the winning photo. Jesus. That baby's going to... Oh, my God, look at the back page baby's of Baby's going to eat your soul. <gasps> Did you see that? Oh, the back page of the Inquirer? Yeah. That cover? Yeah, we'll get to that in just one second. Oh, my God. It's hard for me to be angry at Starbucks, though, because they are uh, so good at marketing. But you know why they're closing... For, for what, one day or mm -hmm. until tomorrow or whatever? You know why? Oh, three hours. Three hours. You know why? Because they figured, and they were correct, that it would get them thousands and thousands of pages and hours of publicity about people who can't live without Starbucks. That's exactly what it is. I'm surprised they didn't stay closed for a whole 24 hours because they would have lost a lot of that money. That would be pandemonium. Yeah, but I mean, but that's exactly why. A day without Starbucks tonight on KGW. You know what I mean? I don't know why Howard Schultz didn't do that, what with all my business acumen. It seems like they ought to have done a whole day, So because that headline writes itself, a day without a Starbucks. You know, and it's just people rioting up front. Hey, uh, Ryan Seacrest had plastic surgery. He, he, looks, he looks exactly the same. Yeah. What kind of plastic surgery did he have? Uh, the kind that doesn't do anything, apparently. It, he looks exactly the same. Does, does he look changed in any way? He looks more Seacresty. <laughs> I don't see a no, single change. I don't see anything. What did he have done? Uh, plastic surgery. His plastic surgery secret. Then, now. And it's like exactly the same photo. It's like a mirror image. He's got a new face for the new season of American Idol. <coughs> Pardon me, the Inquirer has learned. Uh, he went underneath, he went, uh, underwent a laser, quote, facial rejuvenation procedure. The self-admitted proud metrosexual... Mm. Who kids about getting blonde highlights and regularly uses a tatting that had a laser peel and Botox shots. Well, he has nothing to Botox. He looks, I mean, he looks exactly the same. Uh, every year, just before the new season, he gets a laser peel on his face and Botox injections in his forehead. Well, he wanted to look more like himself. <laughs> I, I suppose. Ryan, while only, while only 33, is a throwback to the old breed of Hollywood star who believes his face is his fortune. Yeah, that's a, that's a throwback. That's a... That was a thing in the past until recently. Yeah, he's Hollywood royalty, all right. Ryan, uh, Ryan takes care of himself, and it shows. All right. Well, that was... I don't really know what the purpose of that is. Oh, yeah, but so this horrible thing, they're advertising this horrible thing on the back page of the, uh, the Inquirer. This is a new... Uh, this looks like a reality show, and it's called... Hosted by Tracy Gold. You know who that is? No. She was the uh, Growing Pains girl. TV's a... Girl. She was the bulimic. She's um, in so many great Lifetime movies. Oh, yeah. No, she well, was a genius psycho. Well, because the thing is, if you, if, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a whole, yeah, especially if you're bulimic or if you've been, you know, you've had some weirdness go on in your real life, they'll hire you to do all those Lifetime movies. Um, the Secret Life of a Soccer Mom, hosted by Tracy Gold. Each week, one stay-at-home mom who gave up her career. Now, Sarah, is this the sort of thing that you will no. hate or the sort of thing you will watch and loathe or the sort of thing you will watch and love? I will just completely ignore that it exists. You're not going to watch it at all? No. So, like watching women who have like sacrificed their dreams to pop out babies and then they have one week to live their dream? No, that's depressing. I was just going to say, do you find it depressing or just irritating? 
It's irritating and depressing, and I want no part of it. The theory, soccer, the secret. Plus, I hate the phrase soccer mom. Yeah, you know, that's the one great thing that, that uh, Art Alexakis did. He had that song, that Volvo driving soccer mom song, which is pretty good. The secret life of a soccer mom. Who created that term? Where did the term soccer mom? And I believe first, that was created by the Republicans in the early. Old President Bush, I believe, created that. Maybe. Okay, can I sound really daft here for a second? I don't even know what that means. I mean, I know the kind of woman that it conjures up in my head, but what does that term actually mean, soccer mom? I mean, when you say soccer mom, I picture the same kind of woman we all do. She's in an SUV driving through Starbucks with a bunch of crap she can't afford. Uh, I thought it was like one of those moms who drive the minivan who always take the, or taking their kids to the soccer park. Oh, is that yeah. what it's about? Mm-hmm. Yes. So she is it, now. Uh, but does that mean a stay-at-home mom? Is a soccer mom a stay-at-home no. mom? No, not necessarily. A lot of these kids have nannies. They have the money. No, she goes out for yoga. She goes to Pilates with her girlfriends. Oh, my God. And then sometimes, like on alternate Fridays, they go to Chili's. Uh, or they what, or the or, macaroni grill. They go to, I was just going to say. Or they go, yeah, they go to TGI Fridays. I love the macaroni grill, and I'm not a soccer mom. As Lyca says, any restaurant that has a bar inside of it. Hopefully, Sunny doesn't have one too many margaritas this week. Oh, Wow. That's totally true. And you know what? And here's the thing. And depending on how old she is, and you know this is true, Sarah, she owns a lot of photographs. And the photograph is this. The photograph is her and two of her girlfriends smashed into the frame, all of them holding drinks. Oh, my God. And they're, they're Cosmos. Yeah, totally. You know, Cosmos. Who would you be if you were on sex and say, I'd be Samantha. I'm so sexually free. I'm totally like Samantha. I'd be Carrie because I'm totally wild and crazy and I have this fantastic fashion sense. Oh, it hurts. Ugh. You're making me hurt. And a lot of photos that all look like they were taken at some terrible spring break somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it was... And you can hear them shrieking across the room. Hey, will you take that picture? Will you take that picture? <laughs> and they, some guy. And they call like, each other girlfriend. Uh, each week, one stay-at-home mom who gave up her career will secretly see the life she left behind. This is on TLC. Do you know what TLC stands for? Tender Loving Care? No. Well, yes, but in this case, in the case of the television network, TLC stands for the Learning Channel. The, the so Aaron... children learn that it's never too late to go back and try and live your dreams for one week and then go back to the life that you picked. <laughs> The Secret Life of a Soccer Mom, airing on The Learning Channel. All right, we're always getting behind recently, so let's break now. If you're on hold, hang tight. We will wrap. I know there's some people who have been waiting for like four days. So uh, if you are on hold, we'll come back. We will wrap, break. wrap up this. Uh, yeah, we'll wrap up today's show with some uh, calls after this. So just uh, very brief. We'll be back uh, momentarily. Stay there with your calls. Uh, it's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, join us tomorrow, and our guests will include uh, Lisa Desjardins covering uh, the aftermath of the Ohio debate, which is tonight, uh, and uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. And then on uh, Thursday, we will have Dorothy Carcassari uh, from the National Enquirer. Uh, all right, let's see. Well, let's do the... I know, feel bad. We've had some people holding here, so if you're on hold, uh, we will get your calls right now. We have, what, like five minutes, six minutes? Yep. All right. Got a good five minutes. Uh, all right. It's 503-733-2970. If you have a final comment, to sneak in before the end of the show. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, what's up, brother? You said four days. How about let's try two weeks? Yes, I'm sorry. That's okay. Hey, listen, you had the caller that uh, called in about the uh, Elton John concert in 73. Yes, sir. I went to it also. 
So for, for, for that to be brought up, it was like nostalgia. Is it, did you ever meet somebody who went to a concert you also went to, but it was like 15 years previous? I guess no, you did. I guess you heard that guy just now. same concert, I had a guy that was right next, his locker was right next to me in, in uh, gym class that went, and I didn't know about it until afterwards. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, uh, I grew up in Bend, so coming up to Portland was like, you know, going to the big city. Of course. So uh, you remember the uh, show Wonder Years? I do indeed. I'm from the Wonder Years generation, so that day would have made a Wonder Years episode. I mean, the it whole, was like... Now, how old were you at the time when you came to Portland to see Elton John? I was 16. Okay, so now did you, now who drove... Was it you driving, or was it like you and like nine friends? <laughs> there was, there were, counting me, there was six of us. All right, now did you all get loaded on Boone's Farm apple wine? No, no, this was the days of tie stick. <laughs> <laughs> I see. <laughs> okay, listen, so we come up... And we, we cruise uh, Union Avenue to check out the hookers. Of, of course. And I remember Why not? seeing this one in a yellow chiffon dress that was see-through. I mean, my tongue was dragging. I'll never forget Dude, the Did hookers used to wear yellow chiffon dresses? It was see-through. I mean, oh, God, we were all gawking. It's a wonder we didn't get into a, a, a wreck. And after that, we went down to Burnside, where all the bums were, and we had rolls of pennies, and we broke up in the rolls, and we threw them out the windows just to watch the bums scramble. Oh, God. It was... I think I must have missed this episode of The Wonder Years. <laughs> <laughs> I said it would have made an episode. Ah, yes. I mean, uh, this, oh, God. Yeah. What a how, was, how was the show? Oh, my God. It was awesome. I'll never forget it. You know, the air in there was so blue with pot smoke, you could have cut it with a knife. Excellent. See, there's, there's nothing like living in the 70s. It's too bad you guys missed it. Well, what can you do, sir? Maybe next time on the maybe next time time around on the reincarnation wheel. All right, thank you. That's Michael. And then Dad and I went out and we killed a transient and we buried him in a shallow ditch. <laughs> well, <would> you... <laughs> Dad held down his feet while I got behind him with a piano wire. I looked up at Dad and he looked at me and I knew that a day like this was the day that I'd remember 25 years later. Jesus. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. <laughs> Greetings, Rick. Hey, the I Wonder just... Years, Rick. We, we saw hookers and threw pen, <laughs> pennies at bums. <laughs> hey, I just wanted to say, if I ever go to a girl's house and I look up on the hearth and there's pictures of anybody wearing a tiara, dude, I'm out of there. Yes, yes. Take care. Uh, oh, that, okay. I guess that's a comment on your picture. That was, by the way, you made my skin crawl in a good way when you were doing that whole impersonation of those girls at, at like, the Macaroni Grill or whatever. Yeah, I have no idea what to do with this talent because I can, I see them, these mimic horrible so women in my head. I can have it down to, like, what brand of shoes they're wearing, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. Well. Perhaps I will think of something. I'm just saying. you got to channel that into something or other. Uh, all right. How long do we have here? Uh, like a minute and a half. I had some observation I was going to make about something or other. Um, you see, it's like I, that guy distracted me with the Elton John thing. I got nothing. I can play some sound from the Arrested Development soundboard. Yeah, and we have time for one more call. All right, let's get the call. So that call, so we have time for, I think, one more call. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. We have time for a single call. Uh, now, that last guy, was it was all right. This is sort of in you know, the middle of the road. One great, one terrible. Uh, so we have time for one call. Uh, to to end everything on an upswing into tomorrow. By the way, talking about uh, concerts that you went to, and then you find, I, I went to see, uh, I've mentioned this story before, but I went, in 91, I went to see Guns N' Roses and Metallica uh, and Motorhead at the Kingdome in Seattle, which is gone. Uh, although some of the highway signs, I think, still say uh, Kingdome. But, um, and over the years, I have met so many people who were at that same show. Scott Daly was at that show. Um, Dennis Pitsenbarger was at that show. And it was just so weird that I was, you know, 
12 years away, over a decade away from even meeting any of those guys. Mm-hmm. And it's weird to think that, you know, like a 20, or not even 20, I guess he would have been, I guess a 19-year-old Dennis Pinsenbarger and like a 20-year-old Scott Daly were somewhere in that kingdom, uh, you know, that, that I was at. It's just, That's it's, totally the same thing with me in that New Kids on the Block concert that I went to in 91, which is the same year as well. Same year, same venue. Oh, God, that makes me feel old. Oh. So I saw Guns N' Roses Metallica in that venue, and probably within a matter of weeks of then, you saw the New Kids on the Block in that venue. Oh, That's my That's bizarre. That is really weird. That kind of makes me feel odd in a strange way. It's like some time travel movie where, like, you meet your uncle when he's five or something. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Final call, don't be terrible. Hey, that's my last call. Yes. All right, nice. You guys have a good night. <laughs> Thanks. Yay. Okay. And we're done. All right, we're going to thank uh, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins uh, for joining us today. Uh, tomorrow we'll be joined by uh, Lisa Desjardins again as she does the uh, the uh, recap on the Ohio debate, which is tonight. Uh, Mr. Skin joining us as well uh, tomorrow. Rick Emerson show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970 Salvage State Radio, a proud part of the CBS radio family. In the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones. Richie Bristol, the gatekeeper, is Dave Zinn. Webmistress is Bridget from upstairs. And, of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Reynolds, like us next. Donna Mike at um, 7. Don't forget the Rick Emerson recap happens tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., followed by the Rick Emerson show right here at 11. So we'll see you all tomorrow, uh, kind of at 10, but really at 11. So uh, listen to the recap. See you all again uh, at 11. Thanks for listening. Don't let the best for now. Watch out for snakes. Bye now.